Hey, Danny here. This is something I forgot to mention on the show. Be sure to stick around after the credits roll and all that. My friend Josh and I get together and talk about concerts in Japan, kind of like a mini Life in Japan segment. So stick around for that. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello and welcome to Famicast 85, your Famicast for the early part of August 2016. I'm your host, Danny Bivens, and I'm joined, as usual, by James Charlton. The podcast is back on track. Yes, some might say that. Yeah, everyone's saying that. (laughs) Also with us today, Mr. Ty Shugert. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, I like video games. Yeah. Never would have guessed. And... Back from the dead, Cyrus Delaney. That's me, fresh out of Thailand. Yes. Go to Thailand, stay for the beaches, stay in your hotel room for the food poisoning. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess Cyrus is closer to death than, than my kind of disappearance from the last show, because I kind of suddenly died, but right. Cyrus almost actually died in real life. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> we're both back. And yeah, we apologize. So. Yeah, we both apologize for the you know obvious terribleness of the previous episode because neither me nor Cyrus were on it. Absolutely. So. And uh, just a lost about, big... lost about ten thousand listeners there, but never mind. Yeah. What are you gonna do? You know. We're back. <laughs> I'll single-handedly drive the show onto the ground. I'm totally fine <laughs> with it. Um... Too late. <laughs> <laughs> All right, got another exciting show for you here today. Lots of cool games to talk about. Lots of news, actually. Like just little bits of stuff here and there. And uh, James has a feature for later on in the show, and we're all ripping and ready to go for that. Right, guys? Oh, yeah. I'm so prepared. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm prepared. <laughs> yeah, no, he's so prepared he fell out of his chair. What a uh, really yeah, I'm, I'm also prepared, and I didn't forget about it. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to go ahead and take our first mu- musical break here, and then we're going to kick off the show with new business. Cyrus, it's been a while, man. What you been playing? Well, actually, could you tell us a little bit, a bit about your vacation? Yeah, so uh, I was in Thailand for like 10 days. And, Good story. Uh, I know, pretty pretty intense. But uh, that's a nice country. It's a pretty, pretty country. It's like postcards, but in real life. Hmm. And uh, But uh, don't, don't, eat st- don't eat street food. That, that way lies madness. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, talk about rookie mistake. <laughs> it, it looked nice. They were friendly, but they they had they held hidden hidden dark secrets. Yeah, <laughs> and it was in all of the food. Yep. So yes, there is a lot of food poisoning in Thailand. Be very careful what you eat if you ever go there. Mm-hmm. What do, do you think the bacteria was going to say? Oh, this this food vendor is really friendly. I'll avoid this kebab. <laughs> well, it's like. 
after we did get crippling food poisoning, we checked up online, and like the place is so bad for food poisoning, you can get food poisoning from bottled water in Thailand. Christ. Jesus. So it's just like it, you can get it anywhere at any so, time in that country. What are you supposed to drink then? The toilet water? What like what was left? <laughs> Bring up just stock up on Gatorade before you go over and fill all of your tech baggage. <laughs> A week's worth of uh, drinks. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Nice. Good to know. Yeah, but one thing I did notice in Thailand is that absolutely no one has 3DSs. Huh. Like, in Japan, you know, you go everywhere, there's 3DSs, and always in pretty much any international airport, I can pick up a couple of street passes, but I never got a single blinky light in all of the, the 10 days I was in Thailand. I don't know if Nintendo's officially in Thailand. Mm. That's a good question, actually. I wonder if what, what model they would they would get if they can get it. Right. Because I know, I mean, you know, there's like a Nintendo Korea or something, and, I, you know, there's stuff like in Taiwan and whatnot, but, yeah, other than that, I really don't know. I mean, Singapore, I think, is another one, because I got a street pass from somebody in Singapore, from Singapore. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, there's definitely not any in China. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right. video games were illegal till like, last year, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, that new Pokemon with this Cantonese localization. There you go. Yep. Yeah, Thailand. But, yeah, anyway. So, stuff I played in Thailand. I, uh, I've i been still grinding away on Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. The, and to my total shame, while I was in Thailand, I got completely stuck in one of the dungeons. Uh-oh. And, uh, and, like, I cleared this game when I was a kid, and I could not figure out how to open <laughs> one of these doors. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm an old man now. Games confuse and frighten me. Good. And, uh, so so please tell us, how did you get stuck in the easiest Zelda game ever made? I know. It's like so, uh, the fourth dungeon, it's like the, or the third dungeon. There's, like, okay. you go into the dungeon, and there's, a, like, a door closes in front of you. Hmm. And there's, there's no switches or anything. And... I tried everything on this. I tried bombing it. I got arrows. I got, like, swords. I upgraded my Link maximum that I could at the time. And uh, and eventually, I actually looked at a walkthrough on how to get through it. And it was like, you throw a pot at the door, which is something I have already done in the game. And mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot believe I forgot to throw a fucking pot at this door with everything that I tried. <laughs> huh. So... That that will that will haunt me to the end of my days that I had to look at a walkthrough for a Zelda. That, I'd... A Zelda I had already completed. Wow. Well, sometimes you forget. Uh, <laughs> Ty's probably thinking you're a scrubby motherfucker or whatever, but I, yeah, I, I am he's too. He's dictating as he speaks to submit it to <laughs> scrub. <laughs> yes. Well, on, only if Ty himself has completed Awakening. Oh yeah, many times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, can't help you there then, Cyrus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, aside from that, I've just been playing Pokemon Go too. But I'm, I'm waggling back and forth on the line of just dropping the game entirely because it's kind of boring and there's nothing to do in it. <laughs> do any of you play Pokemon Go? Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm playing it. But like, um, I don't know if you listened to the last last episode one. The brief section I was on, um, I mentioned that you know I'm kind of tethered to Wi-Fi spots. Oh yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. That's I the way I play that. it. 
So are you saying that where you live, you're so far out in the sticks that it's actually worse than me who literally can't leave his house? Yeah, so my... <laughs> I have it better than you. Like, wow. my town, my town's about 25,000 people, but it's five small satellite towns were, like, grouped ah. together into a single town. Right. And uh, so within my town, if you walk for about maybe 20, 30 minutes, you'll hit four Pokemon stops. And... Okay. Uh, there's a single gym at the, the train station, and there's, like, one up in the mountains and one about 20 minutes away, too. <laughs> wow. One up in the mountains? Jeez. Is it, well, like, I, a temple or something? I live in the mountains, so, like, everything is up in the mountains over here. Mm-hmm. But... McDonald's. McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> rich city boys here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah, actually, I, you, you put some pictures of where you live. Uh, on Twitter, and I, and when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, you, you weren't kidding around when you said you live out in the countryside." I was just because you know when I think Japanese countryside, I just think you know, yeah, it's got a few trees. You walk ten meters, and then there's like twenty vending machines. But like, oh, well, that that's still true here. <laughs> yeah. But no, like I am properly in the in the city in the like countryside, and the game is very hard to play when you live in a place like this. Hmm. Because, like, every time I go into a town, like, into Tokyo or Kofu or whatever, the game is immediately more fun. Because I'm always hitting Pokemon, Pokestops, there's Pokemon are popping up all over the place. But out here, there's, like, there's no stops to go to. Pokemon are very few and far between. So I can't level up my Pokemon or my trainer at any decent speed. Mm-hmm. So... Le- leveling, leveling up is just a case of hitting power up and then spending candies and stardust, isn't it? Yeah, but you can't even do that if you can't catch Pokemon, which there are very few of around here. So that's gotta be yeah, that's the weird thing, isn't it? You have to catch just multiple of the same Pokemon. But it's like, you might you might find a very rare one, or like one that you've only seen once. It's like, how the hell are you going to catch you know, 50 of those to yeah. you know, power it up? It just doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, It's not like you, you can't just buy you know, Squirtle candy. Right, even if you wanted to do that. Right. Yeah, it is, and it's definitely one of those things that's going to get even, like, as the game grows and they add more and more Pokemon, it'll be harder to get more Pokemon of each type, so it'll get progressively more difficult to level up your guys. Right. And I, I don't know about you, but, okay, <laughs> the other day, because my wife and I, we've recently been going on walks in the evening just to, you know, play so go. Yeah, yes, and also so I just get off my ass and do something. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're walking around, and it says, like, hey, there's a Meowth nearby. And I'm like, hell yeah, man, I want one of those. And we walked around for, like, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes and didn't even come across it. Then it just disappeared. <laughs> kind of upset, just getting Rattatas and Pidgeys, and that's about it. Yeah, I also ran into the frustrating thing of running out of uh, balls. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, wow, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Literally, I had no balls last week. Um, <laughs> that was, that is definitely yeah. a problem we run into out here. Me and my girlfriend, we both play it, and it's like it's very easy to run out of items here because there's like only one Pokestop nearby, uh-huh. so we pass it maybe once or twice a day, and that's all we can do. Mm-hmm. It was a very frustrating moment. I was like, uh, uh, where I work, and um, the, the university where I work is like several Pokestops in the gym, you know, surrounding the building that we're in. 
and loads of different kinds of Pokemon all over the place. And uh, I ran into an Arbok, that snake Pokemon, in the like walking down the hall, and I didn't have any balls at the time. Uh. And I just kind of like beckoned a few students over. I was like, hey guys, you want an Arbok? There's one right here. And I just watched as they all got it, and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> very annoying. <laughs> But having said that, it is very fun, like, uh, when Pokemon Go first launched here, because I wasn't on the show last week, it, like, me and my girlfriend, we just walked up to the, this, like, Pokestop about ten minutes away at a pachinko parlor here. And, uh, <laughs> Great. it's, like, a shrine next to the pachinko parlor, so there's, that's where the Pokestop was. And we went up, and then, like, this, this little old woman walking her dog, like, made a beeline to the shrine where we were standing. And we're like, oh man, this this lady is totally playing Pokemon Go. So like, when she arrived, we're like, hey, Pokemon. She's like, oh, hi, hi, hi. So we had a we had a little conversation with this random neighbor about Pokemon Go. And then <laughs> that, like, that's totally not where I thought the story was going. I thought because <laughs> when you said this little old lady, and then you said Pokemon, I thought she was gonna say, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> no, she was she was totally into it. And then like walking around town another day, we were just going to the train station, looking at our phones, obviously on Pokemon Go, and this. And my girlfriend started catching a Pokemon at the AR. And uh, this, like, construction worker hopped down from, like, he was resting in the back of a truck. And he was like, oh, you're playing Pokemon Go? And he was, like, talking to us about all those rare catches and stuff. So, <laughs> so it's it's really cute how, how into the game everybody is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw somebody the other day, I think with an iPad mini. Either that or it was, like, a huge-ass cell phone. Either way, it was huge. And I looked at the screen. I could see him, you know, playing it. He was on his bicycle, and he he was thankfully he was stopped. And then he did something on there. And then he just like put it down in his bicycle basket, and then, like kind of propped up where you can see. And then just kept going. He was going like kind of slowly. Probably someone still maybe count your steps or something. I, I don't know. But it's like that's a way to do it, I guess. That's a pro pro gamer right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do like how you can identify someone playing Pokemon Go because they've got like a battery pack st- like <laughs> plugged into their phone at all times. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, they're lying dead in the middle of the road. <laughs> so yeah, in conclusion, Pokemon Go. I think it's a cool game the way it's bringing everyone outside and stuff. But I don't think the game is has enough of a game in it for me, especially living out in the countryside. I don't think it's totally playable. Yeah, th- yeah. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> definitely sure for you. For me, yeah, I'm not really playing it as a game. It's just like my my since my son started me uh, started seeing me playing it, he's kind of like taken over for me. He's very very excited about the fact that there's suddenly all these invisible creatures living in our garden, <laughs> and it's very very exciting for him. You know, he really is. <laughs> Is taking it quite literally, you know. He really does think there are Rattatas living in our garden. That's cool. There are, <laughs> and um, so yeah, and also like as, like I mentioned in the last episode, like every McDonald's now has um, like Wi-Fi, and you know they're usually a Pokestop or a gym, I think. Are they, yeah, are they Pokestops. only Pokestops? They're, they're only Pokestops. Pokestops. And Starbucks are not officially uh, Pokestops, but like because they have free Wi-Fi, um, they tend to be. Uh, Pokestops, and where I live, there are three McDonald's and three Starbucks in in the one town where I live. So it's quite easy to you know walk uh, around town, and even with like a Wi-Fi device like mine, like without a smartphone, I can still you know get loads of Pokestops and you know a few Pokemon. Uh, 
you know, Wi-Fi jacking outside places. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing, um, basically. But, you know, I managed to get a decent Pokedex, like, you know, like maybe 40-odd Pokemon with, with not having an actual smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> impressive. It's pretty impressive that your phone can run it at all without, like, 3G connection or whatever. Well, I think iPod Touches do have the, what's it called, GPS built in. Because, like, when you when you take photos, it, it knows where you took the photo. Mm. Um, but it's just, obviously, you just can't use it unless you've got one of those pocket Wi-Fis. You know, you need to be connected to Wi-Fi. All right, cool. Well, thanks for that, sign. I'm glad you're not dead from Pokemon Go or food poisoning. <laughs> not yet. Uh, yeah, not yet. Good to have you back, man. But uh, we're going to go ahead and take another quick break here and be back with some more new business. Right, and we're back. And I'm going to go ahead and continue on with uh, new business here. Uh, something I forgot to write down on the agenda, but I was kind of talking about on Twitter uh, when it happened uh, for my birthday. Happy birthday! Thank you, thank you. It's my birthday. You could send uh, presents or money or whatever. I I'm uh, partial to SpaghettiOs. You could send those too. Dudes. Um, <laughs> Sponsored by Marion Sonic at the Olympics. <laughs> exactly. Is that, um, is that the game? Is that the game? I forget. I forget which game. They ripped off I, the SpaghettiOs thing. It was it, I don't remember. Oh, was it? No, no, it was Paper no, Mario. Mario. Color Splash, uh, no, no. right? Was it? I thought it was like Mario Party on. Oh yeah, yeah. The, oh yeah, the 3DS one. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. SpaghettiOs. But anyway, yeah, nothing to do with SpaghettiOs <laughs> or Mario at the Olympics or anything like that. Uh, last weekend, here in Saitama. Well, actually, well, first of all, let me, let me back up a little bit even further than that. Uh, so this year marks the 30th anniversary of Dragon Quest in Japan. So earlier in the year, Enix, Square Enix said that, you know, they're planning on doing some kind of like live concert show type of a thing. And, you know, I, I think I'd heard about it. I was like, oh, that'd be neat to go to. And then I just, you know, kind of tuned it out. So, like, eh, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to go on anything like this. Um, but then my wife is like a surprise. She bought me and her like tickets to go. To this thing and nice, it's, yeah, it's called the Dragon Quest Live Spectacle Tour, and it's taking place. It took place here in Saitama. They're gonna have one down in I think Osaka and then like in Fukuoka, like a bunch of different places. But I mean, I think it's just running from. I think it ran in July and then it's running in August and then that's it. It's just over. But uh, what it is, it's not just like a regular concert. It's actually like a like stage show. And it's Ooh. really interesting how they have the stage set up because, I mean, I went to – some of you guys out there might know, or maybe you guys too are familiar, but do you guys know the Saitama Super Arena? Never heard of it. Where is it? I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, it's, a, you know, it's an arena here in Saitama. It's very big. Sometimes they have, like, fights. and. Is it uh, sponsored by a company? It's not like the the Saitama, you know, Eon Arena or something. No, no, no. It's just called the Saitama Super Arena, as far as I know. I think um, they hosted Slayer a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. They always do lots of like <laughs> concerts and stuff there too. Yeah. So I mean, it's a pretty pretty decent venue. I think it can hold maybe like 
something like 10, 20,000 people or something. But um, yeah, so you know, my wife and I, we went there early because we figured like, well, I want to check out like some of the merch and stuff like that to see how... All sold out. Yeah, <laughs> see if it's either A, sold out or how ridiculously priced this stuff's going to be. And I, mainly, I just wanted just like a, a program for the show. And I, you know, I had no idea how much it was going to cost or anything like that. So my wife and I get there and it's it, the place, I mean, even like outside of the station that's pretty close by, it's still crowded with a lot of people. We just want to, because we're early, we're like, well, let's just get some lunch or something. It's, you know, crowded. But even like some of the local shops had like special deals going on for, uh, you know, just in commemoration of, you know, the uh, 30th anniversary of Dragon Quest and stuff. So that was kind of neat, but I didn't feel like waiting in line to go to an izakaya at like, you know, one in the afternoon. <laughs> so, yeah, but then we went to, you know, the Super Arena and stuff, and I was like, okay, cool, there's a merch, and there's an ungodly amount of people lining up to this. Probably it took like an hour. <laughs> just well, to... well, Danny, do you remember the Mario concert that we went to with, uh, yes. with Matt? Walker. Yes. It was a similar kind of thing, wasn't it? Like, I think yeah. we got there a little bit before it started, and it was like mental. Everything was sold out. Right. <laughs> and there was lines around the block. It was like, screw that noise. Yeah. Well, then, you know, after I was kind of disappointed because I saw, you know, the program, it was priced at like 2,800 yen, about 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> For a piece but of paper. Yeah, but it's, it's a pretty. Okay. So I was like, I, I really want to get one of these <laughs> things just because. And the, I talk, was talking to one of the event guys, like, outside, and he said, like, well, they actually sell these things inside at, like, these little tables if you can happen to come across one. So I was like, all right. So, and after waiting outside in the ungodly, humid heat, uh, we oh. eventually got to go inside. Oh, man, it was, like, freaking terrible that day. It's probably, like, I don't know, 35, 36, something like that. Um, so pretty hot, directly in the sun, <laughs> you oh know. <laughs> can't, can't get any better, right? Them nerds getting burnt. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But uh, you know, we got inside, and then I came across like a just a table that they were selling the the um, programs at. So I bought one, and then just um, you know got some popcorn and some I think a soda or something, and just went into the super arena, kind of waiting for the show to start. And nice. uh, you know, like I said, it's it's it wasn't just like a regular concert or even just like a regular stage show. This like you're sitting around the stage, and it's in the center of you know the arena. And everybody has like a, you know, you, there's like a 360 degree view of, you know, what's going on on the stage. And to kind of accommodate for that, they kind of partitioned off the stage with like these, I don't even know what you would even call them, kind of like little screens that they would sometimes display stuff onto whenever they're changing like locations in this play or just to show like magical effects of some of the stuff that they're doing or whatnot. And, screens, um, you mean like, it, like paper screens or like, you know, like a display like a TV sorry right like paper screens kind of like okay. yeah traditional Japanese type stuff yeah no no I mean more like kind of like a what the heck am I thinking of the word here um, ah, Jesus Christ like a pull-down thing you'd use for like a projector basically all oh, right gotcha. kind of like that and there's like a bunch of these little things kind of positioned all around and stuff and the stage you know it, it can move around it can some you know sometimes the stairs or something would go up I mean, things would just, you know, sometimes come out of the ground and go back down and stuff like that. And, um, but, you know, when it actually came to the show, I, w I was really impressed. I mean, you know, I, James teased me about this on Twitter, and rightfully so. Because, I mean, honestly, I've only played... <laughs> Doesn't like, sound like me. <laughs> I've only played a couple of Dragon Quest games in my life, and I've honestly never even beaten one. 
But um, no, I, yeah, I, have a... <laughs> I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That. Yeah, but you know, I, I, you know, I talked about Dragon Quest Seven on here, and also the terrible um, Dragon Quest Monsters Two <laughs> that I, <laughs> oh God, I, I just don't even want to think about it. But <clears throat> I'm always interested yeah, I mean, in the concept of Dragon Quests, but not right. ever interested in actually playing any of them. <laughs> understandable, understandable. For me, it, the they're hard to get. In. Just, I, I'm so bored. Every time I look at a Dragon Quest, I'm like, I have zero interest in you. There's Goku. <laughs> yep. There's Goku and there's Girl Goku. Yep. <laughs> Basically, but you know, I'm, I'm not. I didn't start this conversation to shit all over Dragon <laughs> Quest or anything like that. Why not? It didn't plan, pan out that way, now did it? <laughs> which yes. one? Which one would you recommend somebody playing? Um, I guess it's difficult because people listening could be could not have access to a Japanese 3DS. But like, right. what would you recommend as a like a good starter Dragon Quest? You know. Not like super grindy, not like super old school, but like, you know, modern-ish, possibly available in English. I'm probably not the guy to ask <laughs> to ask that question to, man. Useless, um, absolutely useless. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus Christ, I've played 7, and I, I contemplated buying 9 when it came out. So, <laughs> not like, you know, I'm not like a huge super fan that's played tons and tons of hours of this. And I mean, even with 7, it, it, it was quite a slog. I mean, I played for something like 30 hours and I didn't even get to like the job system that they have in the game. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they said yeah, that I they kind of I mean, you know, I'm reading a little bit slower cuz I'm reading in Japanese and stuff, you know, obviously if it was in English I'd be able to read it a little bit faster, but I mean, it, it, they they said that they kind of pick up the pace with that game to make it so it's easier to kind of get into all this stuff and get through stuff and not make it as much of a slog through all this crap, but it, it still kind of was. But I don't know. I mean, it they that yeah, was fun. I liked it, and um, eight looks like it's really n- neat. <laughs> and uh, I've I've only heard good things about it. I'm kind of considering getting that for so, 3ds. So back to the show, you you liked it a lot. It was enjoyable, good music. Yeah, right. And yeah, there's there was. I don't think they had live music. I think it was like pre-recorded. But you know, there was like semi-famous Japanese actors and actresses playing roles of characters. They uh, they took. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't an orchestral thing. It was just like. No, no, no. no. Not at all. Oh, it was okay. a stage show. It was a stage show. Right. And, like, they had these actors playing maybe one character, like, one of the most popular characters from each of the games in the series or something like that. So it's um, more like Kabuki or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. So it was cool. I mean, there's a lot of, like, wire action, too. Like, wow. one of the bad guys, they had him, like, flying around, <laughs> like, the super arena and stuff. So, yeah, that was nice. that was a lot of fun. And, you know, I think... John Ricciardi, he had mentioned something to me because I, I, as I was, you know, going into the place, I had posted something about it, and he's like, "Yeah, he saw something on TV, and he said it looked like it was kind of low budget and shitty." <laughs> and he's like, "Let me know what you think." And I think I posted some other stuff on Twitter, but you know, it's like I think going into something like this, don't expect like some kind of breathtaking, uh, you know, Academy Award winning performance or something. It's just people screwing around with, you know. <laughs> parts of the story and these characters and just kind of making it its own thing. And it's just, you got to use your imagination because, you know, they're not going to be shooting electrical bolts out of their fingers, <laughs> you know, other human beings. So high school play production and Hollywood style, you know, movie production, where is where does it lie on that scale? Uh, definitely somewhere in between that. I mean, you know, honestly, <laughs> dude, okay. I, I've never been to a live show ever in my life. Okay. 
like this. So it was it was quite a treat. It was really fun, and yeah, I'd go to something like that again. Nice. Uh, by amazing coincidence, we actually just got a question from Johnny Metz about Dragon Quest, which we'll save for the uh, listener mail at the end of the show. Yes, right. But um, other than that, I've you know I've actually been playing some games, and uh, I think I'll just talk about one one of them that I had listed because this has been on my bucket list for a long time, and uh, that game is Super Metroid. Wow. Yeah. Wait, 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 I, you mean you've never played it, or you've never completed it? I've played it because mm-hmm. I I own it on Wii. Virtual Console, I own it on 3DS Virtual Console, Wii U Virtual Console, I own the Super Nintendo cart multiple times over, I think. Jesus. I'm one of those guys, you know. So you, you paid to upgrade it to Wii U? No, because that was on my American site. Okay. You have to make sure you re-bought it as many times as possible. Absolutely. So Good. I got it on I got it on 3DS because I thought that would be kind of a neat little game to play maybe in the bedroom or something, because for me, like, my Wii U gamepad doesn't work perfectly if I'm upstairs or whatnot. But um, but anyway, so I was going to play this game. For, you know, I wanted to play it all the time for a long time, but then I was talking to my friend Josh, who you guys might remember has been on the show. And um, Josh, he's not much of a gamer, but there are, like, two games that he loves and is really good at, and Super Metroid is one of them. And... He said, I think when he was first in Japan back in like 2001, he basically had nothing to do except for watch, I don't know, some old crappy VHS tapes or Japanese TV. And then he had a Super Famicom and he had Super Metroid and I think Mario All-Stars and Mario World or something like that. So oh, good choices. Yeah, and I think at the time too, he didn't even have internet. So if he got stuck in the game, he was just completely screwed. <laughs> you know, but or he said too. Sometimes he would go to like internet cafes, which charged every ten minutes. You pay a hundred yen. Ah, uh, so, back in the day. Yeah, so he he said was he did like, a lot Was of this that. like the nineties or something? No, this is like early two thousands. Okay. okay. So, wow. But anyways, you know, he he got through it. And he's played through it several times, and he can get you know do like the speed run and get like the best ending and you know all that stuff. So. Since I had it on 3DS and he had it like on his Super Famicom at his house, I just said like, "Dude, let's just kind of play this together," because I think I mean it's I'm on summer break, I don't have shit to do, him too. So I just went over to his house like three different times last week, and we just kind of played through it together. And um, nice, it's kind of like playing with an interactive guide, <laughs> because I would kind of just kind of like watch what he's doing and stuff like that and he'd give me advice on like what to do in the game and stuff and you know it's kind of a scrubby way to play through a game I'll admit but it's still fun like you know playing through a game like that with a friend who really knows a lot about this stuff and um, yeah so I had a really good time doing that and we we both got you know 100% clear um, on that and I even like saved the little animals at the end too Nice. but yeah I mean coming from Metroid Zero Mission a couple of years ago, I thought that this game would feel really slow, but mm-hmm. I mean, since it's since I've been since it's been so long since I played that, I really don't feel that at all. I mean, it it it's still pretty fast, and I don't know for whatever reason I didn't realize that there was a run button. <laughs> you know, you can hold B and you know <laughs> run faster. Because I was always thinking like, Jesus, what the hell? She's running so goddamn slow. Then Josh was just told me he's like, Hey, idiot, go ahead and hit the B <laughs> button when you're when you're walking. I was like, Oh, okay, <laughs> that, that makes a lot more sense. Then. <laughs> But yeah, I'm kind of one glad. Of the trick, one of the trickiest things I remember, like back in the day, was like learning how to wall jump, like because the, you know, they've got that uh, little creature that shows you how to do it. But you know, yep. 
they don't really tell you which buttons to press and stuff. That is uh -huh. really hard to work out on your own. Yeah, and I, I we did that once because Josh has like this whole route planned out that he likes to go on, for you know to save time and stuff. And that wall jump part, I mean, you could try to wall jump up that whole thing and I think get a missile or something. But he's like, yeah, we're just gonna come back here later, dude. When we have like you know the space jump or whatnot. So yeah, fuck that. It's like okay cool, because I really hated wall jumping. I so, really hated wall <laughs> jumping. Yeah, it's hard. But um, So how do you rate it then, like, amongst the other ones, uh, the Metroid games? Well, it's well, just still, restricted to 2D ones. Yeah, I mean, I still didn't finish Fusion, but I got pretty far into it. I mean, I'd probably say, I mean, it's close. I think Zero Mission edges it out just a little bit, but then, you know, Super Metroid and then Fusion. So. And obviously, NES Metroid is way at the bottom. I don't even... Because that game sucks! <laughs> yeah, that game really hasn't aged well. It's a cool game, but it has not aged well. No. Yeah. I disagree! Oh, God. He speaks. Yeah. <laughs> Scrubs. I mean, do, do you... You guys think wall jumping is hard. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, I think that's going to do it for me. And uh, I guess maybe kind of fitting because it is the you know the 30th anniversary of Metroid, even Metroid, if Nintendo's yeah. pretending that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, touchy subject. We'll we'll be able to talk about more Metroid games next episode, hopefully. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, sorry, I went a little bit long there, so we'll take another quick break and be back with some more new business. Hi. Yes. How about you go ahead and go next, man? Yeah, it's time. Uh, I think <laughs> last time I talked about like going through the backlog of like all my Xbox games, mm -hmm. and uh, that's still a work in progress. And <laughs> like, so basically, I'm just trying to get at least one achievement in every game that I have zero achievements in. And uh, since I started, like, six weeks ago, I'm at 170 games that I somehow <laughs> own. These are, like, downloadable games, right? Uh, it's a mix of downloadable and physical games. What's the, what's the ratio, then, physical to digital? Uh, it's pro probably two to one, like, digital to physical. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, I mean, there's like a lot of like freebie garbage, like you know, Connect Labs, googly eyes, <laughs> and then you know, there's that thing has achievements. Yeah, everything has achievements. Not, not everything, but yeah, yeah. Like one of the things I got was uh, they're like there's like this whole there's like uh, like a dozen or so like free Connect games that are basically just tech demos. They're kind of hard to find it in the marketplace, but you get them, they're free, and they're, they're worth a handful of achievement points. You played this game for more than 30 seconds. 100 achievement points. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, you know, in some games, like the first achievement, they'll give it to you as soon as you do a thing. Other games, you'll have to play for like an hour or two before you get uh... any. Yeah. 
So do you, Ty, do you ever find yourself like you know reconsidering your life's you know decisions and when doing these kind of things? No. <laughs> Did you ever get that Avatar game for 360? The one where you get all the achievements, like all 1,000 points in like 12 minutes or something? No, I never got my hands on that one. Oh. We got a birthday present lined up for you, I guess, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm still working on that. I, I'm mostly done. I have maybe like a dozen games left. Maybe. T- wow. Of 170, you've only got 12 left. That's amazing. No, it's like 12 left on top of 170. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. It might be a little more than that. I'll have to go and look through like my download history and all that. It might be a nice 200 even. We'll see. But uh, I was trying to get that done before August started because I'm going for top 32 in Killer Instinct again. So what is is the... um, Ty, sorry. What is the end goal of this crazy thing that you're doing with all these games? Just to Uh, get get a certain amount of achievement points? um, I'm just trying to get them all on my profile so I can track them more easily. Okay. Like, uh, there's this really nice uh, pseudo social networking site, True Achievements, that gives you a lot of tools to, to track achievements. No, but and I mean, also, what's the what's the end game? You get into uh, heaven easier the more achievements you have. Right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. It's to make my video game dick bigger. <laughs> is it, well, is it well, so that... Is it so the Japanese government will officially recognize you as Hikikomori? Right. Good. Yeah, your, your so mind number is equal to your gamer points. That's a very in-joke. That's a very in-Japanese <laughs> joke. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, True Achievements is a pretty cool site, and it'll... Uh, like I said, it has a lot of really useful stuff to track achievements. And, like, you can set up, you know, some friend-finding matchmaking for, like, uh, online achievements and stuff like that. And it'll tell you which ones are easiest to get according to the statistics, as well as which ones are hardest to get. Hmm. So, it's a really cool and fun site. I highly <laughs> recommend it. Did your parents help you set that up? Oh. They just owned me long ago. <laughs> <laughs> So what is the hardest achievement, according to that site, that you own? Oh, um, yeah, let's check it out. Uh, let's see. So I can click on my profile here. It's let's probably see. like a, a billion crotch shots in Call of Duty Black Ops 3 or whatever. My achievements. Oh, Perfect Dark Zero. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, now let's see. There must be a way to sort these. Ah, yeah, yeah. Click Play Killer Instinct. Play Killer Instinct for more than a thousand hours. Too late. I know. I do have one <laughs> achievement for like 100%ing uh, Project Silphied on the 360, which is like only 8% of people have it. Hmm. Huh. Project what now? Project Silphied. That's like one of my guilty pleasures. Where it's kind of a garbage game, but it's like I could play that game. <laughs> any number of times and never get tired of it. Right. Sounds so, like a shmup. It's like a, it was a 2D shmup that they turned into like a 3D like space dogfight game. And uh, it's got some bonkers controls, but it's super fun when you get re- used to them. 
Mm-hmm. All right. According to this, statistically, my rarest achievements are actually in Killer Instinct. We are <laughs> shocked. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you play Killer Instinct? Yeah. Well, the the statistics on that one are, are kind of jacked because it's free to play, so you have a lot of people that get it, but, like, don't go super deep into it. Right. But besides that, there's, like, uh, the full completion on Street Fighter Four. That has some pretty gnarly achievements. There's the Battletoads one, complete a loop, a turbo tunnel infinite. (laughs) It's like some of these, like, I don't think they're even hard. Yeah, I think you did that at my house. (laughs) Yeah. Christmas. I have, like, the really hard ones in Ikaruga, like, A on Chapter 4 and one credit a game. That's pretty sick. Yeah. I've I've never beat that game. I've one credited Death Smiles with all the characters. That's ridiculous, dude. Yeah. <laughs> these, like, for those listening, these are, like, the hardcore... Well, Ikaruk is supposed to be kind of an easy one, but they're all, like, ridiculous top-down shooter games that are, like, the bullet hell shoot 'em ups Yeah. Nice non-scrub quote there saying Ikaruga is easy. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. That's what people always rate me whenever I was like, yeah, Ikaruga is super... Like, no, that's an easy one of these games. Like, like uh, a thing with Ikaruga is, like, it initially seems pretty hard, but, like, there's nothing random in the game, so it's right. kind of, like, follow the script as well as possible. Exactly. I remember on the GameCube version, and maybe this is on the 360 version or whatever, too, but, you know, they have the videos that you can watch of the levels of, like, the guys doing it and getting, like, so many freaking points because, you know, they're focused on trying to get, like, high score and getting through the level, like, perfectly. And I remember I just spent a lot of time just watching those and just trying to remember the enemy patterns. And I think that that's the big part about that game is knowing where to be. And if you want to maximize points, knowing when to change to the light or dark and, you know, stuff like that. It's, yeah, it could be a bit to remember, and I, I just gave up because I suck. It's a bit of a learning <laughs> but, curve. Yeah, I mean, I had fun with it for what I did. But. Yeah. So, like, getting an A on level 4, that, that's a bitch, like, no matter who you are. <laughs> I've been a big fan of uh, shmups. The closest I got to liking one is Cybernator. I don't think it's really, it's not really classified as a shmup, but it has shmup elements, shmup levels. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I love Cybernator. Great game. I, I'll recommend a few to you that I think you might like. Cool. <laughs> cool. Avail- available on Nintendo platforms or Xbox yeah. platforms. <laughs> All right. Uh, apparently, I got. Uh, <laughs> yes, I think the answer is yes. The ten billion points in Mega Black Label 1.1 mode in uh, Death Smiles. Apparently, that's the hardest one I have. But there's like another one in that game that like only three people in the site have. I think. <laughs> kind of ridiculous. Uh, okay, so one more game I've been playing, last one. Uh, been continuing to play Overwatch a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, me and Cyrus have been kind of playing it daily when he's, you know, not in a different country. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've been going in on the ranked mode, uh, doing that. Ranked mode has some problems, like uh, the way tie-breaking works. And the way the, the ranking system works, they're kind of janky. Very, very janky. Yeah. 
Uh, I recommend reading about it at Serlin.net. It's like the only podcast I listen to besides this one. Oh. Yeah. I'm flattered that you listen. <laughs> right? I usually don't listen to a podcast <laughs> unless I'm on it. Good. <laughs> I hear but, that. You know, that aside, it's still a good game. I hope they take some lessons learned for the next competitive season. We'll see. Yeah, I'm willing to cut them some slack. The game is so brand new and they haven't done a game like this before, so hopefully they'll iron out their weird ranking issues. Yep, get good. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up for me. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for that, Ty, and we're going to go ahead and take one more quick break, and then James is going to go ahead and close out new business for us. Oh, yeah. Right, we're back. James, take it away. Yes. Yes. Well, I've already talked about Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. Cyrus, <laughs> and so I guess I will talk about uh, Star Fox. No, I didn't buy Star Fox. Star Fox. Zero. Oh, okay. I first, like, oh god. <laughs> okay. I did, I did the smart thing. I did the smart thing. Well, um, I'm assuming this is probably this is probably in every region except Japan. But like, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's talking about free stuff. I'm double checking. Um, uh, yeah, on the European eShop and probably the American one, they had this uh, this Star Fox Zero kind of trial version, and I've forgotten what they actually called it. But like, basically, you could download two apps. One was like uh, the main Star Fox Zero and the animation, and the other one was uh, the the other what's it called the grippy. Slippy and Grippy game. Uh-huh. The, name, the name has just come... Oh, what's it called? Star Fox... Guard. God. God, 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 God. Star Fox God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, what the, the Star Fox Zero bit, you can choose of the... You can choose the four vehicles, and basically you're in, like, training mode. You're in the kind of, you know, the Matrix-looking thing, you know, just a black you know, cube background, and you just have to collect coins and get used to the controls. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool, because you can sample all the vehicles, like, um, you know, you start off with the R-Wing, and then you can do the Landmaster and the, the Gyrocopter and the uh, the Walker version of the R-Wing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's a good way to kind of see if you would be able to handle the controls, you know, because that's the biggest issue that most people have with the game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like lots of people don't like the controls. And I can kind of see it, like, it, it's okay, but, like, I could see how it would get a lot of, uh, take a lot of getting used to. Like, right. you just have to go around this room, like, collecting coins and, like, you know, shooting bombs and stuff. I think there's a few enemies and stuff. But, like, yeah, it was kind of really frustrating to get, kind of get these, like, specific coins, like, inside the this building and stuff, like, turn into the right. walker at the right time and stuff. It's, like, it does feel a bit like... Like a bit of a latched on kind of feature. Like, I could see it getting quite frustrating. You know, if you get like shot at, for example, I don't think anything yeah. shoots at you in the uh, in the training. But okay. like being shot at while, you know, having to do all sorts of other kind of objectives and stuff, I could easily see you getting frustrated with that. Um, but like, in just in the training mode alone, I had fun. You know, I liked the, uh, the gyrocopters, quite cool, with the little robot dude 
like you can mm -hmm. go inside stuff and uh, you know activate buttons and collect things. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I was kind of left feeling like yeah, I'm kind of glad I didn't buy that game. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I did. I did double check on you know NCL's website, and yeah, mm -hmm. there is no demo, as far as okay. I can tell, uh, for Starbucks. it. Man, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's scary sometimes how much I can predict uh, NCL's uh, right. doings. You know, um, actually, speaking of demos, really quick, actually, they, oddly enough, they are kind of re, I guess, advertising the latest Kirby Robo Bobo 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 Planet. <laughs> right. <laughs> And they they actually released a you know free uh, demo, <laughs> and they're, they're advertising <laughs> that. And seriously, it, it, they're making it like a summer oh, game. Oh yeah, even though I, it was did. Released. I did. I did. I downloaded that, yeah. but I haven't played it yet. Okay. Yeah, you got they got their email actually. I you click yeah. the link in the email, and you can actually just activate the download from the website. Right. Uh, and it'll just start downloading on your 3ds. Yep. Which is a pretty cool feature. No one's ever done that yet. Um, I have. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it's Sorry. it's funny it's funny how Nintendo is the only only website where we have to preface you know demo with the word free. You know, I had to got this free <laughs> demo. It's like, well, of course it's free. It's a demo, but you know, with Nintendo, you never know, right? <laughs> right. In, in, in their defense, they have not charged themselves. They have not charged for a demo on either the 3DS or Wii U. That was Capcom. Um, <laughs> yeah, for but, that one demo of that game back in 2011. But just the the fact that Nintendo always say free demo, like they're like we're so generous, ah. we're so generous, we're giving you this for free. It's a demo. <laughs> Can you believe that we're giving this game for free? It's a demo. Out of the bottom of their hearts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks very much. Try having more of them. Is um, usually <laughs> yeah. my response to that. Um. So yeah, you've got the anime, the Star Fox anime, which we've probably all watched on uh, YouTube by now. Uh, I keep forgetting to. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, it's it's a nice resolution that you get on the Wii U, uh, but you, you could probably emulate the same thing on YouTube, just putting it in high quality. <laughs> <laughs> so there's really no point in spending, you know, like three hours downloading this app for that. Uh, but yeah, it's worth it. If you're just wondering if you could handle the controls of Starbucks, it's definitely worth a download. Uh, it's, you know, a decent amount of content. It's like, you know, maybe... And twenty thirty minutes of content if if you watch the the anime as well, <laughs> and then um, but the Star Fox Guard demo is actually even more than that. Um, I was quite impressed with this. I spent way more time with this. It's I I'm not sure, but I think it actually you can actually save the progress actually goes into the into the main game because hmm. it pretty much when you load up it pretty much looks like the main game. There's no like trial version or whatever written on the title screen. Um, mm -hmm. You can just like start the game, and you you know you go through the tutorial, and you can play. I don't know how many levels. Maybe like 15, 20 levels. Nice. It's, it's nice. quite a lot of levels. Like I mean, I haven't even finished the, this demo yet. Um, like you know, the, Danny, you've played this game, right? They, there's some levels, right. and they, they take quite a while to complete. You know, you could have like a couple of attempts. You know, and, and uh, yeah, some of them get quite difficult and you know you're mm -hmm. unlocking stuff unlocking like bonus missions that you can try which have different kind of objectives and uh, different things to them and uh, I was like wow Jesus like I thought I would be finished with this demo by now but it just keeps 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 on going <laughs> mm -hmm. and like you know you can update your profile and you can change your profile like uh, graphic and stuff and uh, yeah it feels like it, they really want you to like you know really get into the game and then you know pay for the rest of it when you get to the end. 
Right. Because obviously this game, the main game and this uh, side game, obviously uh, pretty much failed in <laughs> in the eyes of the public. This didn't see very good sales. So right. I guess they're just like throwing anything at the wall, like, oh, fuck it, let's just give them the first, you know, quarter of the game for free. <laughs> see, if, see if people get it, you know, that way. Um, right. But I still it's... think it, I think I think it's like fifteen squids the full game, which you know it's uh, maybe maybe Guard? Like twenty. Yeah, uh, something like that, right? Yeah, because I think in yen it's it's I think it's like sixteen hundred, somewhere between like fifteen to twenty bucks, <laughs> basically. Right. Yeah. Which yeah, I, I mean, I think for for what that game is, I, I think that's fair. I mean, there's a fair bit of content, and it, it is fun. It, you know, and they're doing some kind of interesting things with the gamepad. Um, I, I didn't have any problems with it. I just kind of dropped off after a bit, mainly because I was just getting pissed off at Star Fox. <laughs> but I just kind of wanted to be done with everything, Star Fox, for that time. But... Yeah, well, you did well. <laughs> uh, it's twelve ninety nine on the, the EU uh, eShop. Okay, okay. So a little under 15. But yeah, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous that they're trying to attach a story to this whole thing. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I don't think they really needed to do that, but you know I like the gameplay and um, yeah it's fun. You know like they throw a lot of different robots at you. You know ones with shields that you have to kind of hit from behind and stuff. And yeah, like I said, it gets challenging quite quickly, um, despite its kind of cutesy appeal. You know there's a lot of strategy that will go in go into it. Um, I right. can imagine it getting balls hard near the end of it. <laughs> it's the, yeah even. I think I'm about halfway through it or something. It's getting, you know, challenging. Oh. Yeah, and you definitely need this as a downloadable game. I mean, I can't imagine being asked to put the disc in every time. Well, I, <laughs> I such have a to, small I game. The, I oh. got the double pack. <laughs> so, yeah. Hashtag Japan. Yeah. Yes. That's right. But yeah, there are a few. There are a few modes that are locked out. Like maybe the online section is not mm-hmm. uh, part of this demo, but. Um, but yeah, it's good times. Definitely worth the download. The um, that's free, right? What are you, you going to do? What's the worst that could happen? Um, not really much of an update on uh, Citizens of Earth. So, you know, I played played another like you know half an hour of that and kind of got stuck on this boss. Um, because uh, yeah, Citizens of Earth. Like, I bumped into this character which lets you increase the difficulty to get more XP. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a kind of cool idea. It's Danny. It kind of reminds me of that RPG that you really liked. Uh, shit, on Bravely the 3DS. Default? Yeah, Bravely Default. Unless, unless you like turn off random encounters, right? Like or yes. increase them. So it's yeah. kind of like that. Like um, there's this kind of mascot, like a American football style mascot, uh, <laughs> that lets you do that basically. And I kind of crank, cranked it up to like double difficulty, double XP, because I just thought mm-hmm. you know it's kind of fast way to grind through all these little enemies and stuff but then I kind of forgot to turn it off when I went to this new area where there was a boss so the <laughs> boss is like fucking like impossible I was like okay I'm gonna have to go back to the school where this mascot character is and crank it back down to normal nice. <laughs> nice, nice. but it's cool that you can do that and you know uh, you know I mean I remember the like the only time I've played Earthbound is like and just I remember like not really grinding enough and then getting stuck on this boss and just like going, ah, fuck this, I just can't be asked. <laughs> That's like my only experience of Earthbound. And it kind of reminded me of that. I was like, oh, fuck, this is a boss that I can't get past. But, you know, that was my own fault. You know, I obviously <laughs> put it to too, too hard. But, uh, yeah, I'll keep, uh, keep going through that. Still enjoying it. 
But yeah, that's about it for now. Cool. Let's move on. All right, so we'll take another quick, quick break here, and we will be back with some news. Okay, and we're back for some news, and yeah, quite a bit has been going on here, and this is, <laughs> the first bit is actually something that was, we kind of touched on, Ty and I touched on in the last episode, but we didn't go into a lot of detail, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and provide some of the details that I probably should have last time. No uh, one so listened to that episode, Danny. <laughs> yeah, just mom and, and Ty, so that's fine. Um, so yeah, the Kirby Cafe, you know, we, as you know, that's a thing that's going on right now here in Japan. Uh, this yeah. is happening in Tokyo, Osaka, and Nagoya, and this is running from August. I think it started like August 4th, and it's supposed to run into September, uh, September 4th for like Osaka and Nagoya, but Tokyo, they just said, starts in August, ends in September. They didn't give any specific dates. That was kind of strange. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of... <laughs> if you want to follow them on uh, Twitter, you can. It's Kirby Cafe JP on Twitter, yes, and they've got loads of pictures right. of, like, people queuing up for, like, hours to go into these uh, Kirby cafes. Yeah. And, you know, the, I guess the appeal of this, and a lot of, like, these theme cafes that they do here from time to time is, you know, they have, like, themed food, and I think I saw, like, a Power Star or something like that that they had, and just a bunch of other stuff. A bunch of the desserts look, you know, yeah. perfect. They look really <laughs> I mean, good. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's you also can like, buy, like special goods and stuff that's only available in the store. Right, like little you know Kirby Cafe bags or you know stuff like that. It's yeah, they they really go all out when they do this type of stuff. Yeah, they got some so, it, high quality stuff. Good luck uh, yeah. trying to find it. Yeah, one of, <laughs> one of my favorite features though of the cafe is that if you go in by yourself. So that you don't feel lonely, they'll put a, <laughs> yeah. a, a big waddle dee plush on the seat across from you. So you can, you can like, cry your tears into that as opposed to on the table <laughs> yeah. directly. Yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's weird that the Tokyo one is the last to open. It's uh, kind of annoying, actually. Yeah. The, I think the, the Nagoya one. I mean, who the fuck lives in Nagoya? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Some Kirby fans, apparently. Apparently, yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Tokyo, even even today at the time of recording, it's still like, you know, please understand, uh, Tokyo okay. is coming soon or whatever. Still coming soon. Okay. Yeah, and this is actually going to be inside of Skytree. Uh, Tokyo Skytree, one of the largest towers, yeah, like yeah. broadcast towers here. And there's a, a new Pokemon Center there now, or I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, it just opened a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> okay. I, I yeah. passed by the Skytree, like, Every single day, so I'll probably uh, I might be able to run by this Kirby Cafe. I can see it from Saitama barely. Really, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anyway, uh, moving on. The next little bit of news. Um, Yokai Watch Three. Okay. Got a review in Famitsu, and <laughs> uh, who wants to guess how much of a money hat <laughs> was paid to Famitsu? Thirty-eight out of forty money hats. 30 out of 4, yeah, pretty much. 38, um, 38. So they gave 38 million yens or something like that. I don't, I don't really know how it 30, works. Did it really get a 38? Uh, it got uh, 37 money hats. 
I got a 10999 in Famitsu. So yeah, mm. this is called, uh, it, there's two versions in there, there's Tempura and Sushi. And mm. the, the way they say it on the TV commercials is very annoying and kind of like racist against uh, white people, I guess, because they go Tempura Sushi, you know, which is like a Japanese person <laughs> mocking an English accent. An American yeah. English accent. It's kind Actually, of. In the, it's in kind of hard to explain. I didn't, I didn't think that guy was as ridiculous as what I've heard, you know, in other places. And you know, I'll probably just throw a little bit of a sound clip in here so you guys can hear that right now. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But like, um, <laughs> have you ever seen the South Park episode, like Dodgeball, the one where they play in like a dodgeball tournament? And the the like the finals are in China, uh-huh. and uh, the, like there's got these two Chinese commentators um, who are kind of like making fun of the Americans playing dodgeball. It's I kind of like episode. that. Yeah, they, 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 there's like these two Chinese commentators, commentators, and they say things like, "I'm an American. I'm using my credit card." <laughs> you know, things like that. <laughs> They're like doing this kind of mock American accent. That's basically what you have in Japan. It's kind of like I don't think. They're not being malicious about it. No, no, maybe, maybe not this in particular, but I'm just saying in general, like, you know, uh, when Japanese people, you know, mock <laughs> people, sure. English speakers, they tend to do that kind of thing. Or they right. just basically speak Japanese, but with like a silly American accent. They go right. like, Watashi wa Jamesu desu. You know, they're like, yeah. well, that's just Japanese with a weird accent. <laughs> that's yeah, not English. Exactly. <laughs> But or yeah, sometimes yeah. people people do that because they think that oh they're gonna be able to understand better. Yeah, yeah, if I yeah, speak exactly. Like this. <laughs> kids, uh, kids do that. Double, kids do that. Yeah. It's quite funny. Old people do that too. That are inept. It's it's mostly it's mostly like you know elementary school kids. They'll they'll ask you something and they'll speak Japanese but with like <laughs> stupid accent, thinking that'll help you yeah. understand. I just tell them like, Jesus, <laughs> just don't do that. I can't even understand what you're saying when you do that. <laughs> yeah, it's neither English nor Japanese, so shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway, so, sorry. Yeah. Many hats all around. So yeah, Yokai Watch 3, um, I guess that'll come sometime soon next year, I guess, in the West. Well, at least in America. I think America's a bit ahead of Europe, like well, way ahead, actually. Yeah, because uh, Yokai Watch Two has got a release date and stuff, but you know, Yo-Kai they are Watch still w- moving ahead trying to make Yokai Watch a thing in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, yeah. actually, it's it's kind of a good point, a uh, good time to mention that my son is actually starting to get into Yokai Watch more. I mean, uh, uh, one of the live episodes I showed the the listeners slash viewers an actual Yokai Watch, and mm-hmm. then if you guys remember that, and I you know put a few medals in and showed what happened. Like he ha- he's had this watch for ages, but he's he kind of just like got just got thrown in the drawer and not really played with. But like, it's kind of had a resurgence recently. Um, I don't know why. Uh, well, his cousin is really into it, and um, now he's asking for like the newer version of the watch, which can <laughs> which can uh, access the American yokai. Oh. And he's already got like a few American yokai medals, um, which has got like there's one <laughs> there's one called Mica. It's like a, it looks like a little car, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like a, it's it's kind of a play on words like maika, you know, when people say, oh, like, oh, mm-hmm. I can't be bothered. They go like, ah, oh, whatever, like, ah, oh, whatever in Japanese is maika, but mm-hmm. it sounds like maika, like maika. That's kind of so, cute. It's kind of cute. Yeah. So good luck translating that to English. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it's got to have the, it's got to have a car in there somehow. 
Whatever, car man. No. Yeah, that's why Danny's not in localization. That's uh, it. That's it. But yeah, um, so yeah, on Netflix they've got the Japanese yo yokai watch. Um, but on the highly illegal uploaded to Daily Motion, they've got English yokai watch. So I've been trying to show <laughs> my son both versions so he can get a taste of it. Um, yokai watch is not very well localized, I would say. Um, hmm. It's quite. It's quite um, like they've done two of the things which I hate um, with localization. One is like thing that you should never do is just like directly translate something uh, and try and cram a Japanese like syllabary or like like the uh, I don't know what can you say the rhythm uh, and try and cram English into it. It just doesn't work. And then the other one is like completely redo it, um, but then just do it really annoyingly. And they've done both of those in Yokai Watch. <laughs> um, like one of, I think it's the intro song is just like this stupid kind of rap, um, which just sounds horrible. Really, really poorly done. I mean, is it as bad as the Dragon Ball Z theme song that they I did? I don't know that one. In, in the America, Dragon, Dragon Ball, the Dragon, Dragon <laughs> It's something more like the. Yeah, it's like, it's like Yokai, Yokai Watch, something like that. <laughs> it's it's stupid. And then the dance thing at the end, they've just kind of kept most of the Japanese in. So it's like, it doesn't say, like the Japanese goes, yandere, 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 at the beginning, but it, in English it just goes, yokai, 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 yokai. But then they keep the, wachichi, you know, because like, when you write watch in Japanese, it's spelt u-wa-chi. The, the, the final sound is a chi sound. So it's kind of like, in Japanese, it makes sense, because you're saying, like, wachichi, you know, it's like the, the last sound of watch. But in right. English, the, the last sound of watch is ch. It's not chi. So it should be watch. Ch. It shouldn't, it's not wachichi. So I don't know, that, kind of, that kind of pisses me off. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe you kind of pissed him off, because maybe you're wrong. Did you ever consider that, man? Nope. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really consider those things. Um, so, yeah, anyway, look, you okay, watch, bad localization. Uh but um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see how the yokai the yokai named quite cleverly, I guess. But it just doesn't really make sense, you know. This is such Japanese culture, and they just like renamed it. You know, like we talked about squeak cheeks, didn't we? Didn't wasn't there an episode where we all we all chose our yeah, favorite all, yokai? Yep. <clears throat> Picked a random yokai, and yeah, squeak cheeks was the the famous one, <laughs> the one that was like based around a giant face farting farting at you. Right. They're quite clever, the, some of the names, but you know. Anyway, so yeah, well, guess, that's a, a yokai watch update. Yeah, I guess on that same uh, topic of translation and localization and stuff, um, something kind of interesting came out about Shovel Knight here recently. As you guys know, if you're longtime listeners, you know Shovel Knight took its sweet time to get released in Japan for a <laughs> number of different reasons. And you know, this isn't anything against Yacht Club. Just sometimes getting these games out in Japan is, is a hell of a lot more work because you have to. Uh, there's just so much crap that you have to do. And um, well, you have to have an office in Japan. Yes. So I mean, eight four actually helped out with the localization, even though that this was. Uh, you know, published by Nintendo here. 8.4, they, they work with Nintendo here. They've worked with Nintendo, you know, NOA and stuff for releases and Friends whatever. Of yes, best friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, anyways, you know, they... they it was like up on Yacht Club Games' website, they have a very interesting kind of look into the choices and stuff that they made when kind of localizing the game from English into Japanese. And um, yeah, if you just go to their website, because I think 
we I saw it on Kotaku or something. Yeah, and then it was, linked to that. Yeah. And then it was linked from Yacht Club Games. So if you guys want to read that, and I think you guys should, it's very fascinating. I mean, you know, some things too, like you know, rice balls are in the game, <laughs> like the Japanese version, and you know, stuff like that. There's a couple like little weird changes that they have in the Japanese version, and I think with updates, you can actually access this in whatever version of the game that you're playing. So it's it's worth checking out some of this stuff if you can. Oh, you so, mean even the English versions have been updated? I'm what? pretty sure. I don't know about. I can't say anything about the like you know 3DS version or Wii U version or something, but that's what it sounds like. Sounds like if there's an, if there's some kind of an update to your game, you should have access to a Japanese language option, nice. and then to some of this other stuff. That, that's what but it, it seems like. But if the Japanese version is exclusive to Nintendo, that doesn't make sense, does it? Oh, I guess that's a good point there too. Well, is it, is never it? mind. Is it? I'll uh, I'll <laughs> check 3DS later. Well, yeah, uh, I, I, I guess they could get around it. I mean, if Nintendo did Nintendo. Yeah, that's that's a weird loophole, isn't it? Because like, there's, there's nothing against having another language in like the Xbox version, right? Right, but, but like, I mean, if, if Nintendo if paid, paid for it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's up to Ty and uh, Cyrus to uh, do. You, Cyrus, do you have like the PS4 version or? No, Steam? I only have 3DS. Oh, you got the 3DS okay. one. Okay. Well, Ty, you'll have to check it out. See if you can change it to Japanese. Okay. Um. All signs point to no, but you know, you never know. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, it's super interesting. There's loads of cute little things like the, um, like when Shovel Knight's asleep next to the campfire, he's got a little, um, like snot bubble in the oh, Japanese one. Japanese anime thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's and loads of I, it, tons of tiny little changes they did. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I played the game first through in Japanese because I didn't realize that. I think I said on the last episode what happened, but yeah, some of the <laughs> right. stuff I just saw and I just took it for granted. Then I see like these other screens of that not happening, like this the bubble. And I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I neat. mean, tons and tons and tons of tiny little things, like yes. and they, mm-hmm. they even like the way how the script is written and like you know it's in in katakana or like it's in hiragana, but you can actually change it to kanji as well. If you, yeah, you and to. they they explain the differences and stuff between. You know the limitations that they had back in the day with like you know Famicom and stuff like that, and how you know when things switched to Super Nintendo, it was just easier to make kanji a thing. So yeah, and they but, wanted to get the text exactly how it would look on an NES, you know, things right. like that. Super interesting. Yeah. Cool. So next up, I guess there's gonna be some Pokemon fireworks. Um, <laughs> cool. Check, check your check your smartphone device now for pictures of that. Yes. Boom. <laughs> there it is. It looks like a Pokeball. Woo. <laughs> uh, so throw it in the river. Keeping on the same topic <laughs> of Pokemon here, uh, Cyrus, you seem like a guy that would know kind of about this. Uh, the thing. We know about Pokemon. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. I know. Pokemon theme song. Now that's a hell of a localized theme song. That is fantastic in English, right? Yes, right. that is like world-renowned song. Just amazing. That's like you know, politicians even quote that. It's like, it's like <laughs> good, right? <laughs> but uh, but yes. Anyway, for Pokemon Sun and Moon, so a new thing they've added to the game is a thing called Z attacks, which is like a super powerful attack. Your Z Z attacks. Z attacks, whichever localization. We just talked about this. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You should get it right. So these different ZZ squiggly line attacks 
they, uh, it's like a super powerful attack you can only use once per battle. And mm-hmm. your character does this big yokai watch dance while he does it, and the screen lights up, and it's super, super exciting. But um, mm-hmm. to tie in with this, your Pokemon character can only access this move when they get the Z-Ring accessory in-game. <laughs> and it's like a watch that you wear in-game, and it like lets you use these Z-Attacks. So... For this new game, they're releasing a physical version of that, so you can go and buy this Tomy, like Pokemon ring toy that you wear on your arm. It's amazing. And, it's like uh, a yokai, it's a yokai watch. It's basically. a yokai watch, and uh, and it links to your to your game. So when you use Z attack in game, the corresponding type crystal will light up in your Z ring in the real world. Yeah. So, so it doesn't Z- actually affect the game. It just if you have the item. The game will affect the ring. You look cool. That's that's what happens. Yes, that's what happens. <laughs> and uh, Pokemon have tried this before, where in like in the previous game they introduced Mega Evolutions. Well, two games ago, and that you can only use Mega Evolutions by wearing the special watch in the game that you put in Mega Evolution orbs into. So you can go and buy the Mega Evolution wristband in shops and. But it doesn't do anything. So this new one actually linking to the game is kind of cool. That's neat, yeah. And like, that's if really I was a kid, neat. I would eat this thing up. Like, oh my god, it's part of the game? Yeah. <laughs> I had a really weird voice when I was a kid, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, uh, raise a show of hands. Who's getting this thing? Mm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think you're the only one with your, with your hand up there, man. I don't know. I gotta keep my wrists clear so I can get that Pokemon Gold wristband thing. (laughs) Yes, there you go. So uh, I guess kind of moving on from that, the Nintendo PlayStation was kind of broken down and repaired, and it's all this stuff's like on YouTube. And um, I haven't actually watched this yet. James, did you did you check this out? Yeah, this is Ben Heck. I don't know if you've heard of him. Mm -hmm. He's like. yeah, the Ben he's got a YouTube channel called the Ben Heck Show, and he, you know he he's good at these kind of things. I mean, he the confidence he has is like ripping open this like you know like the rarest video game console on the planet, and <laughs> he's like soldering it and fixing it, you know, in you know live on this show. It's like it's kind of amazing. Yeah, and he got it working. Like, um, yeah, he like had to resolder a few things and uh, you know reconnect a few things, but yeah, he got it working. So like they they actually managed to play some uh, Super Famicom games, and it actually plays American uh, SNES games as well, because you know oh, like, cool. they, were, right now. They, were the, they were the same region, you know, back then, mm-hmm. as we all know. Final fight, good choice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, unfortunately, they obviously they don't have any Nintendo PlayStation games uh, to play right. on it. Um, so yeah, I guess that's the next holy grail is to get one of those things working. I, I can't remember if this thing actually had a disc with it or like a test. That was card. the that was the N sixty that was a sixty four DD American one. That oh yeah, that was another disc. rare thing. Did we talk about that? Yeah, I think so. That was Seems amazing. Like would have. That yeah. was like another rare find, wasn't it? Like because that just meant that they actually not only were they planning on releasing the DD in America, but actually fucking made one. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. How, how do you feel? Christ. about that? No, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that I, I have one, and you know, at least a Japanese one, and that's all I 
need. I mean, I ideally, because mine did not come with a box. Mm-hmm. Um, it de- depends. Some of them just didn't come with boxes, just because like how the way you got them, I think. Um, but I mean, oh, this right. stuff. Yeah, this stuff. I mean, I got that in 2012, and you know, these days, okay, good luck even finding one in Tokyo. And then on top of that, if you're looking at like Yahoo auctions or eBay or something like that, these things are going for like usually like a thousand bucks, five hundred to a thousand bucks or something. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I got it for like two hundred and fifty, like twenty five thousand yen or something at the time. In in Akiba. In Akiba, because a friend just uh, one of my British friends, he just saw it and he's like, hey Danny, there's a DD down there, dude. And I was like, holy shit, like right after work, I went down and got it. I'm pretty sure that I, I have a, a more in-depth, uh, you know, talk about that on a Famicast from, you know, <laughs> four years ago. So check back on that. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Especially so, yeah. the best moment of my life. <laughs> Is your wife listening? Uh, <laughs> she understands. <laughs> yeah, please do. Yes. So yeah, uh, yeah. Search for that on YouTube. Yeah. Um, just yeah, just like yeah, Ben Heck, uh, Nintendo PlayStation, and you'll see that. Pretty cool. It's got two parts, and the the guy and the, the and his dad who who bought it on like the auction and stuff originally. They're part of the show, so it explains like oh, cool. how they got it and everything. Yeah. Nice. Pretty cool. Cool. So I guess uh, next up there, you know, Matt Walker, former Famicast member and occasional contributor to Nintendo World Report. Uh, actually, good news for him. He got all of his games back for his 3DS. Um, wow. I, I don't know. I, I think, because uh, I want to I kind of want to get Matt on the show maybe sometime here pretty soon. First to talk about all the stuff he's doing with, like, these translated Iwata asks and stuff like that. And um, he's still posting these on the site as well, so you guys should check that out. I think he has maybe five or six of them up on the site, and there's still a lot more to come. So there's a lot of just really interesting stuff about that. But you know, anyways, back to the, the 3DS. Yeah, I'd like to hear how he got through this because Japan is just ridiculous about this stuff, you know? Well, uh, we did a whole um, uh, episode, like, feature about, um, you know, Japanese customer service and how this kind of thing just doesn't go down. <laughs> it just right. doesn't happen. You know, like, oh, you lost all your shit? Yeah, please understand. Go fuck yourself, yeah, no, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but in in the most polite and you know exactly. nice way possible. Exactly. Know? We're very sorry to say to you, sir, but you we would like you to fuck yourself at this point oh, in time. And then you're like, okay, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And then you yeah, leave okay. and you're like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> you know. I'm sorry. To, sorry to have bothered you. I will now go and fuck myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, Matt managed to get past all of that. I mean, I think he'd, he'd called them, like, you know, several times. And right. Yeah, basically, he had to buy a new 3DS. He, got, he ended up getting that uh, Super Famicom one that he'd always wanted, I think. And then he called, and he, I think he had to have a police report. That was and in then, America. Even in Japan, it was the same thing? No, yeah, yeah. I think that's what uh, yeah, I remember following this uh, over several days on Twitter. So just about. to clarify, what exactly happened? He lost his 3DS and yeah. a bunch of games, and he was he wanted to get his library back. Exactly. Well, not like a bunch of games, like you know, four, five years worth of games, <laughs> like hundreds and hundreds of games, and I think he had a lot of retail games as well, like full retail games. So yeah, he was pretty devastated. <laughs> He's been pretty devastated for the past few months when over since it happened, right? So yeah. I think he's uh, finally got them all back, and it's worked. So, yeah. 
if he can do it, that means other people can? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> but it is kind of weird how Matt, are open. Matt is like the first person in Japan to have done this. I would, I would assume. <laughs> I mean, most Japanese people might just think, "Well, that sucks. Oh well." Yeah. But never mind. You know. Being a Westerner, I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Come on. <laughs> you got a record of all my shit, and you're telling me that I can't get it back. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah, maybe the my Nintendo stuff has helped the new account system, or maybe not at all. I don't know. <laughs> it is kind of weird, the whole thing. Because it's only, like, since that rolled out. They've only started counting games since that rolled out. So, like, things you bought before then just don't count, right? Which is kind of right. weird, you know. But you would you would have thought they would give you points and stuff for games you bought in the past, but nope. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm talking out of my ass here, but you know, on that my Nintendo site, I don't think, and I'm looking at this thing in English for crying out loud, I don't mm-hmm. think there's any place that shows all of your purchased games. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I can't remember seeing them anywhere. Because mm. I always, even like with Club Nintendo, you can see your registered games. And, you know, digital right. games, that would just come up, like, automatically. And you could see a list of that, like, years' worth of stuff. And that was kind of nice, because you're like, okay, I have a record of this. But <laughs> Okay, I have a problem. I bought too many games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, Jesus Christ. I don't know. I think I, think I remember seeing, like, quite recently, because I wanted to check, like, you know, if I was actually getting any gold coins, because, you know, I bought a few things on the eShop. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently you don't get stuff for... If you get a code, you don't get stuff... You don't get coins for that. So like like the humble bundle, or if you're a game review, if, <clears throat> if you're a game reviewer and you get a code sent by Nintendo or one of the uh, uh, the developers, you don't get coins for those. You have to buy something from the eShop. And uh, oh, actually, I learned something from uh, Greg on RFN. Apparently, you get coins for the actual uh, retail value, not the sale price. So yes, if, if it's if a ten dollar ten pound game is uh, you know half price, you will get. $10 worth of gold right. coins, which is cool. Yeah, I noticed that back a couple months ago when I rebought Ocarina of Time 3D digital. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like, it was pretty cheap. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was relatively <laughs> it was relatively cheap, but, you know, it still gave me the credit for basically spending five or 6,000 yen, so that was kind of neat. Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, I guess we should maybe move on from there. Um, so another Metroid 2 remake, AM2R, I think is, as it's called by the kids these days. Um, it's finally <laughs> out and available after eight years of development, and it's just in time to celebrate Metroid's 30th. And, and um, it's gone. <laughs> is it really? And it's gone. <laughs> no, nothing's gone well, once it's on the internet. Yeah, yes. but officially Nintendo has stamped down, and the website, like the official release website, is no longer allowed have it up there and whatever. It's too late. You can't yeah. stop it now. Yeah. Well, no, no. They've removed it from the website. Ty. How how else could it, a file possibly be duplicated <laughs> across the internet? I don't think it could. <laughs> um. But anyway, yeah. It's people are saying. I mean, at first I was kind of pissed off about that, but then I somebody tweeted. Um, people should actually thank Nintendo for taking it down after the game was finished. Because, like, you know, some companies do takedowns, you know, at the first sight of the game being in in, uh, in production. 
Right. But um, they only yeah. did it. They just only did it on the 30th anniversary of Metroid. <laughs> that is actually a fair point because Nintendo could have stepped in at any point in the last eight years and canned it. And especially because people knew the release was getting closer. I've seen games like uh, like there was a My Little Pony fighting game. And, uh, Jesus Christ, where the fuck did that come from? Oh man, and I thought it, you were going to talk about something like, good. But I mean, it's like it was a fan-made game, loads of effort. It was beautifully animated, and then the company Hasbro stepped in and DMCA'd it, bef- like very close to before the game was launched. There were so but, many things you could have chosen, Cyrus. You could have chosen like Star Wars games, like Resident Evil remakes that fans have done. Yeah, like, but those were those weren't as close to release as this one. Is what I'm getting the, at. The the 2D, <laughs> the like the 2D remake of Ocarina of Time. There's like, fuck you know. You went from My Little Pony, Jesus Christ. Tournament edition was really good. <laughs> Another, it was a fan effort of a fan effort that pirated release it. But uh, <laughs> that is a podcast for another day. And the, the Resident Evil 2 uh, 3D remake is actually happening officially, isn't it now? Yep. But we we do it. I remember that. They, tweet, they tweeted out that picture, right? <laughs> right. We yeah, do filled, it. That filled me with confidence for the quality of that product. Yes. We do it. We localize it. We do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway. Happy birthday, Metroid. Uh, thank you. Fuck you very much, Nintendo, for uh, taking that down and not doing a single thing to celebrate it. And, yes. well, I guess Federation Force. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, the, blast that is the there, correct huh? reaction. Hit <laughs> you right in the blast balls. I guess. Oh no! Um, uh, Hip Hip Tanaka wrote a nice message, didn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he did. He's yeah. the best. Thanking yeah. people for uh, you know understanding all these years, yeah. thirty years of please understanding about Metroid. Right. So yeah. Right, right. Thanks, Hip. Yep. And then I think this last little part here, James, you want to go ahead and grab that. This is right up your alley. Oh, yeah. Hit the music, Danny. Boom. So, yeah. Um, first of all, a little correction uh, from the last um, Splatoon Splatfest update that I did in the last episode, um, which which I recorded after the fact, after I'd you know, died uh, on the episode. <laughs> it was like, you know, 2 a.m. I was like recording this little extra segment for Danny to put in it afterwards. And I completely fucked it up. Uh, I said that <laughs> I said that Cali had won, which is you know <laughs> Cyrus's team. Pulling my heartstrings one last time. Uh, no, <laughs> Cali didn't win. Cyrus didn't win. He lost. Um, Marie won. But if anything, that just shows that I really just don't give a shit because they look exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> I am horrified to be on this podcast right now. <laughs> I will take my leave and go play some My Little Pony fighting games I'll have to do. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah, since the Splatfest, I've actually been getting back into Splatoon and playing them. Trying to get my rank back up, which has uh, failed horribly uh, re- recently, late. But anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, Splatoon is continues to be awesome. Um, Danny, did you talk about the Animal Crossing update, this Amiibo update last episode? Kind of. I <laughs> go ahead and mention it again. I mean, this, this is like one of the things that I knew that I think you were going to talk about, and I was like, there's a thing here. Yeah, well, Ty, what do you know about it? Amazingly, yes. 
Yeah. Amazing. They're going to update the you know, Animal Crossing New Leaf, like whatever right. it is, like 25 years after the game came out, <laughs> with yes. uh, amiibo uh, support, and it's going to support all the Splatoon amiibos, and mm-hmm. you'll be able to get like skins and dresses and everything for your house and characters. And mm-hmm. yeah, there was a, uh, Nintendo released a screenshot of. Uh, yeah. a Splatoon-themed house that somebody had uh, made, which is pretty and amazing. it seems like a really hefty update, too. It's not like they oh, were yeah. dicking around with it. It's a major... It's kind of crazy. I mean, when House Arrest came out, I, you know, and that had all the Amiibo support, and I was thinking, well, you know, no one gives a shit about this stupid game. Well, it probably did sell millions anyway. But, like, you know, New Leaf was crazy popular, right? Uh, in every con- in every region. Hello? Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Animal like, Crossing is not exciting, by the way. No, 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 no. Just like when <laughs> it went really silent all of a sudden. Right. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> yeah, like I, <laughs> no, that's 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 fine. It's fine not to be interested in Animal Crossing. I just I just didn't want to be talking to myself. Yes. <laughs> that that would be awful. Too bad. <laughs> so yeah, they they are actually updating the super popular one and uh, putting all this effort into it. So yeah. On a related note, enjoy. I did finally manage to track down the other Splatoon amiibo that I was missing. So now both Callie and Marie, Potaru and what's her name, Aori, are sitting <laughs> on my desk sure, and work. I don't know. Nice. Nice. Oh, oh, you've got the Aori and Potaru amiibo. Yeah. They're both chilling well at work. Cool. Congratulations. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I picked up one of those free postcards that we might have talked about a few uh, episodes back. Was it a postcard or a notebook? Well, I got a postcard anyway. I got a postcard. I was disappointed. You lured me with notebooks and all I got was a piece yeah, of I, postcard. It's, yeah, it's postcards. Ugh, I, whatever. <laughs> it's free. You're not going to complain about that, right? I clearly well, am. Did I, talk <laughs> about, did I talk about the fact that I have another Splatoon amiibo? And it's no. not It's not the uh, Audi or Hotaru. Oh, did Kalingo. you get a reseller? Is, is it from your son? Yeah, my son got me a present. That son uh, is a menace. He's a menace. He said, like, Daddy, Daddy, I've got you the new Splatoon amiibo. And I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs> and, yeah, he got me the, the gold shoe, like, you know, the uh, the dark-skinned uh, boy amiibo. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. I mean, I mean, it's cool. I mean, of all the, the reskin ones, that's probably the coolest one. Uh, like, gold shoe is pretty cool, right? But, like... Yeah, I tried it with the game, and it is literally the boys' missions exactly. Nothing has changed. Um, I mean, like, literally, it's like, it even shows that there's nothing actually saved onto the Amiibo, because I touched it, and then it it showed me the missions that I'd completed with my other original boy Amiibo. So (laughs) it, it shows that all it's doing is just switching on something, like, you've unlocked these with the boy Amiibo. I mean, Danny, you could put your boy Amiibo on my thing and it would unlock the same thing literally I couldn't I can't because they're still in the package (laughs) (laughs) but anyway they could have done something like give you an alternate color weapon oh it gets it gets worse it gets worse Cyrus when you start the mission the the dark skinned boy amiibo just disappears and it reverts to the white original white skinned uh, boy (laughs) in the mission so I mean even in the mission it's exactly the same it's just like it's just literally zero point for doing this. It's just it's so, really, really sad. 
James, are you telling me that you think the neo-Nazis have infiltrated <laughs> Nintendo in Japan? <laughs> it has to be all white in the game. No, it's, oh, man, it's just fucked up. Anyway, um, so yeah, I now have four split amiibos. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them are exactly the same, or pretty much the same. Um, but anyway, on to more exciting news. Uh, Splatoon Koshien 2017. So this happened last year, I believe. Yes, um, that's right. They had like over 3,000 teams. It's basically a Splatoon tournament. Um, yes. So this is going to be starting at the end of September. And yeah, so hopefully the same amount of people are going to participate this year, um, which was like over 12,000 last year, which is pretty right. amazing. I think, I don't know if a lot of them were like, you know, kids, but like, you know, I think they had some, you know, adult teams as well, right? Right. And yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but yeah, what they're doing is it's like in the different, because they divided up Japan into like eight different regions. Maybe this is how they typically do it all the time anyway, but it's like they're basically having big tournaments in those particular regions on different days. And then in like January next year, they're going to have, you know, the the finals or something in Tokyo. The final. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be in Tokyo. Yeah, that's gonna be in uh, Ikebukuro. The the finals are gonna be in Ikebukuro. Oh, is and it actually okay. just yeah. I'm just having a look. There isn't actually a Chiba one, which is yeah, bullshit. I, that's that, where I live. Was... I live in Chiba. There's no Chiba one. There's Fukuoka, Hiroshima, Kagawa, Osaka, Iwate, and Hokkaido. Fucking hell! No one lives in Hokkaido. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Long road trip. Get our Splatoon team on the road. Get easy winnings up in Hokkaido. Or uh, I, wouldn't, think, I wouldn't mind going there in summer. Oh man! They could be doing. I, I didn't look like into the super details about this, but they could be doing like the the, you know, our area part, uh, the same day that they have the finals too, to kind of just make it so they don't have to have like a separate event and then have the finals in Tokyo as well. It's kind of killing two birds with one stone there. That could be a thing. Uh, sure. Does that not. make any sense? Nope. <laughs> okay. But anyway, the. the... <laughs> Yeah, I think the finals are on the yeah twenty first of January. Yes. Next year. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday that weekend. So it'll be it'll be all streamed on Nico Nico if you want to watch that with horrible writing and advertisements everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, One less too many people watch, and then you have to pay for subscription to be able to watch. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, Japan needs to learn about Twitch like right now. Yeah, I did. You hear about that? Like. Twitch sounds too similar to Twitter, and people get confused in in Japanese and say Twitch really? and Twitter. Yeah. It really fucks up my auto completions. Let me tell you. <laughs> right. But yeah, that, I think that about it wraps up uh, Splatoon news and also the news in general. All right. Cool. Well, we're gonna take another quick break, and then we have a special feature that James is gonna tell us all about right after the musical break. So stay tuned. Hey, what? All right, and James, how about you just tell us about this feature, what we're doing here? Special and... feature! <laughs> yeah. Yes, so this special feature is called What Games Are Japanese People Natsukashi About the Most? Mm-hmm. And Natsukashi basically is a phrase used about a thousand times a day by Japanese people. Uh, <laughs> it means uh, something that's nostalgic. If something is nostalgic, you know, in English we would say, ah, that takes me back. Japanese people say, ah, natsukashi. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say it like, you know, 
literally a thousand times more than we would ever say, ah, that takes me back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I sometimes like reuse a lesson plan a couple of months later, and my students like, ah, Natsukashi. <laughs> yeah, literally, like something from three months ago is Natsukashi. Right. Anyway, um, so yeah, basically what this is, um, I've asked these guys to choose two consoles. It doesn't have to be Nintendo consoles. And, and then I want them to think uh, what, do you th what they think the most uh, Natsukashi games are from those uh, consoles. These, this is taken from a, a survey that was done on, on, in Famitsu. So Famitsu basically um, asked uh, the readers to vote uh, what games did they look back on most fondly? And they, they collated all the votes and they tallied them up and they sorted them by console. So I've got mm. like a top 10 of basically every single console uh, ever released in the past 30 mm. years. So Danny, which two consoles have you chosen? Oh, let's, let's Danny, what's your, what's your first console? So the first one I chose was Famicom. Okay. And so I've got, I'm looking at what, uh, let me just bring up the list here. Okay, I've got Famicom. Right, okay, I've got a top 10 Famicom list here. Um, so if you can name th any three, if you, can, if you can name three games on this top 10, you win one point. Oh, oh God. What we're doing. See, yeah, I, I was under the impression that we're, is this like a research thing? Not that oh, maybe, actually... maybe, let's, do, let's do three points. If you get three out of three, you get three points. You get one for each okay. game. That's correct on this list. That that is on this list. So you're not thinking these are not these are not. By the way, these are not games that Danny particularly likes or right. Danny has played on Famicom. This is what he thinks Japanese people would uh, like and look fondly upon. Right. So and, so you know, Danny, you did some research on this. Yeah, I did. And I mean, obviously, you know, my wife, <laughs> she's a Japanese person, and she was. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a thing. It's true. And uh, you know, she was. Like in the 80s and stuff like that, you know, they had a Famicom and a Famicom disc system and stuff like that. And she played yeah. a lot of games. And it, it, she's a little bit older than me too. So it's like, it seems to me like people of like her generation, like that part, liked a lot of like what were you know these black box like NES games, what they would have been like you know if they were in the in the US or or Europe. And like a game that she says she really likes, and I, I kind of doubt it's in the top three, but I'm just gonna throw it out there: Devil World. Uh well, it doesn't have to be in the top three. Any, any in the top, top ten. I mean, you'll get some, you'll get some points. So, Devil World. Okay. Yes. Devil World is not on the list at all. Okay. It's not in the top ten. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> you got two more though. Two more. Yes. Well, then another one too that you know my wife played a lot of as well is Ice Climbers. Ice Climbers <laughs> is not on the list. <laughs> Awesome. It's because it's a piece of shit. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying these are games I like. I no, no, no. Really don't. Yeah. Japanese people do not look fondly upon ice climbers, according to this. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe my wife's just weird. Um, you know, and then <laughs> and your wife's got course, terrible tasting games. Yeah, and, uh, maybe. Uh, another game, you know, obviously, I'm pretty sure she played and liked Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Bros., the, the original one. Yeah. Super Mario. Super Mario Brothers or Mario Brothers, which one? Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that's number one. Good job. Yeah, right. I got uh, 552 votes, and that is the number one most Natsukashi game on Famicom. Would you mind reading off the other ones that are on that list? Yeah, well, obviously, I, I'm surprised it didn't go for Dragon Quest. There's like, you know, there's like loads oh of Dragon God. Quest games. <laughs> yeah, because seriously, that is one game that my wife didn't play back in the day, because I think it was a little bit more expensive than other games. Yeah, and, you th I think you were overthinking it. There's like, yeah, Dragon Quest. Yeah. And 
here we go. Number one was Mario Brothers. Uh, then there's Dragon Quest Three, Mario Brothers Three, Dragon Quest Four, <laughs> Dragon Quest Two, Legend of Zelda, Mario Brothers, Earthbound. Uh, so I guess Earthbound means Earthbound Beginnings. Mother. And Mother, yeah, Mother One, yeah, uh, Final Fantasy Three, and Kirby's Adventure. So hmm. yeah. You get one point, <laughs> but you got the number hey, one spot, which is, uh, you know, That's good fine. Job. Like I said, I, I was, because when I was kind of preparing for this, I was just kind of going off of Japanese people around me, particularly my wife and her experiences with games and type of stuff that she played. So that's my excuse. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on to Ty. So Ty, what, which console are you going to guess at? Let's go PC Engine. PC Engine. Okay, yeah. let me just bring up the list here. Yeah, going for that hipster cred. Let's go. <laughs> okay, I got my PC Engine here, a top ten, as voted by Japanese people. Shoot. Right. Well, I want to say Wonder Momo, but I won't. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Castlevania Dracula X. Castlevania Dracula X is not in the top ten. Huh. Shameful. Hmm. All right. How about uh, R-Type? R-Type. Um... R-Type, you want to put a number on that? Uh, the one that came out in <laughs> 1988. Why, why is it? So that tells me there's like one on here, and it's not one. <laughs> so it's probably R-Type 2. No, I was fucking with you. It was R-Type 1. Well, fuck you. <laughs> okay, R-Type 2 isn't, isn't a sequel. It's like a special edition. No, I, I'm just thinking. I'll give you one point for that one. Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> that's that's a number two as well. So good job. That's a number two. All right, and show me Bomberman. Which Bomberman. one? Bomberman. God damn it! <laughs> Bomberman is. Bomberman is not on this list. Sorry. Shameful. So yeah, uh, Ty, you get one point too. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, technically, you know, Danny got the number one spot, so... Whatever, you going with the Famicom? Get out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, maybe bonus points for choosing a, a, an out-there console. Yeah, Wonder Momo wasn't on the list, was it? One, you want, do you want another top ten? Yeah. Okay, so number one was Tengai Makyo 2. Oh, I thought about that one. And then it was our type, like you guessed. Then there was Ease 1 and 2. And then Tokimeki Memorial, huh? Uh, Jase Ken Necromancer, and then Ease Ease Three, a lot of Ease games. Uh, Bonk's Adventure. I'm surprised they didn't go for Bonk's Adventure. That game is gay. <laughs> and then there was Bikuri Man World, uh, Snatcher, and then number ten oh, was Snatcher. Galic- Snatcher. Yeah. Wow, yeah. man, I feel bad for nothing of that one. Yeah. And then number ten was Galaxy Fraulein Yuna. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> Right. Give with the time. Great man. name. Give with well, 1990 on PC Engine. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so those are the top ten Natsukashi games on PC Engine, right, as voted right. by Japanese people. So on to Cyrus. Which console do you want to talk about first, dude? I have an easy one, but I'll take Dreamcast as my first choice. Okay. Let me just get the Dreamcast. Okay, we've got the Dreamcast list right here. So shoot. So number one would be Sonic Adventure. Which one? <laughs> Sonic Adventure. Well, one. I'll say one and two. 
Oh, like that's it, a shit bullshit. Well, you, it, I'd, I'd like you to choose one. Otherwise, that's two. That's two goes. Uh, then just that. Sonic Adventure one. Yep, that's number four. Well I should have guessed yes one, two, and three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yep, Sonic so, Adventure one is number four. Cool. How about Seaman? Seaman is not on the list. Ah, uh, man, Japanese people are lame. <laughs> I have a um, Japanese copy of Seaman here. If you ever go to like the Sega like theme park quotation marks Joypolis down in Odaiba, they have like this big huge wall. It's like a video wall and it takes a picture of your face and makes you a seaman on the wall. Oh and, god. Uh, so it's still living strong in that Joypolis place. And if you go to the <laughs> toilet around the back, there's even more seaman. <laughs> Though, anyway. on that note, if you do go to the bathroom, they have all these games on the urinals. So, you have to, <laughs> there, it's an interactive urinal experience. Wow. Pissastic. <laughs> so, so, you got one. You're you in to... for a fun time. Oh, God. Um, Delete that. Delete that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you so got the, one, one uh, guest left. I will go Soul Calibur. A classic choice. Of course, it's on there. It's uh, oh, actually only at number 10, though. It's only number oh, two. Wow, barely in yeah. there. Barely in there. Hmm. I so, imagine Sonic Adventure 2 is also in there somewhere, is it? Nope. Uh, oh. Number one is Fantasy Star Online. People love hmm. the fan yeah, fans, fantasy stars. Future Rocket probably there too. Um, well, let's have a look. Number two is Shenmue. Oh, man, I feel bad. I would have guessed Shenmue. <laughs> Why did I not say that? Come on. Uh, number three is Sakura Tyson 3. I mean Dreamcast. Oh. And then number four is, like you guess, Sonic Adventure. And then number five is Atsumare Guru Guru Onsen, <laughs> which sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds like a fake or real. <laughs> right. Guru Guru Onsen, I like that. Spinning Onsen? Is that like, I don't know how that would work. Number six is a game that, close to my heart, Crazy Taxi. Nice. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on over for some Crazy Taxi. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make some crazy money. Uh, number seven is Sakura Tyson. Just the first one, I guess. And then there's Sakura Tyson 4. Man, they fucking go nuts for Sakura Tyson. Yeah, yeah all, the Sakura Tyson's, all the Sakura Tysons, apart from the second one, for some reason. Uh, number nine, you're going to kick yourself for this one. Jet Set Radio. I Ooh. am kicking myself for that one. Yeah, and then number ten, like you said, Soul Calibur. Great game. Okay, so we're going to swing back around to Danny for your second and final console. Okay, so my second console was the Nintendo 64. And I think this is just going to be, like, too easy. I'm not even going to... Okay, I'll just say right off the bat, I think absolutely you're going to have something like Ocarina of Time, Mario 64, and then, like, Majora's Mask on there. But I don't want to guess that. I'm going to guess, like, stuff that's maybe <laughs> could be or could not be on there. So I'm, I'm okay. not going to go with the cheap things, the cheap, easy way. Okay. But well, do whatever you want, dude. i got the top ten right here. Okay. Well, so well, you only need three games, man. Three games, three points. Come on, you can win this. Okay. This in, is your system, research, man. In my research, I um, just trying to get a, a feel for this, too. I was talking to the bartender, a good friend of mine, and the game that he says that he really, really enjoyed back then was Smash Brothers, the original Smash Brothers. Number that's one. Boom. Well oh, done. seriously. Yep, wow, number, number one. one. Yeah, that's right surprising. Nice one. Okay. Uh, next one, Mario Kart, obviously. Mario Kart 64, boom, number five. Well done. Okay. After that, I mean, Not as much as I want to, as much <laughs> as I want to say, you know, like 
Doshin the Giant or something like that. I just don't think it's going to make the cut. Shogi? Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I'll... Hmm. (laughs) I know you're going to trip yourself up here and do something stupid. Yeah, I mean, I could... There's, like I said, there's a couple of obvious things, but I'm trying to think of something weird that's probably on there. Um... Let's just say Mystical Ninja starting going on. The 3D one, the first one. Go Man 64? Yeah. Basically? That's not, that's not it. Um, there are no Go Man games on this top 10. Okay. So, well done. Anyway, you got two points for that one. So, here we go. Uh, the top 10 Nintendo 64 games. Yeah, like you said, Smash Brothers number one. Then it was <laughs> Super Mario 64, for fuck's sake, right. Danny. I knew that. I knew it. I'm saying I was trying to find the other, something else that was. Uh, okay, obvious. okay. Um, there are some weird ones on here. Uh, number three, Ocarina of Time. Uh, number four. This is actually quite surprising for Japan. Goldeneye. I was really? really wondering if that would make the list or not. Yeah, that's quite surprising. Uh, number five, like you guessed, uh, Mario 64. Number six. This is the weird one. Shirin the Wanderer 2. Anyone? <laughs> the, one of the one of the two RPGs on the N64. I don't know. StarCraft 64 didn't make the list. Uh, number seven is Donkey Kong 64. Uh, number eight is Majora's Mask. Uh, number nine is Kirby 64. Wow. A lot of Kirby talk this episode. Uh, number ten is Pokemon Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, you can get copies of that anywhere. <laughs> you go to any used store, there are so many copies of Pokemon Stadium, it's ridiculous. So. Uh, you got two points for Nintendo 64, one point for Famicom, so you're sitting at three points. Congratulations. Cool. Um, so, here we go. Ty, what is your second and final console? Uh, Sega Saturn. Boom. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the manly console's here. <laughs> got the Saturn right here. Top ten Saturn games. Okay, shoot. Um, let's go with Vampire, the third one. A.K.A. Darkstalkers. Darkstalkers is not on this list. It's called Vampire in Japan. Check again. Nope. Damn it. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, Sorry. <laughs> no vampire. Sad story. All right, how about Radiant Silver Gun? Oh, that's Ooh. cool. That fucking game that costs $400 now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Radiant Silver Gun is not on the list. Well, wow. I tried. Yeah, yeah, I would go. I would go easy for your last one. You're gonna get zero here. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, yeah, my safe choice is Virtual Fighter Two. Yep, that's number two. Cool. Yeah. How about so, Panda Dragoon Saga on there? Well, let's find out. Uh, number one, it, girls. <laughs> number one is Sakura Tyson. <laughs> Man, that fucking game. Uh, number two, like Ty guess, uh, Virtual Fighter Two. Number three is Virtual Fighter One. Number <laughs> four, number four. Let's all say it together now. Sakura Tyson Two. Oh man. <laughs> number Rare five is two appearance. Yep. Uh, number five is Shin Megami Tensei, Devil Summoner, Soul Hackers. Uh, number six is uh, Grandia. Number oh, seven. Number seven is kind of a safe guess. Uh, Knights. I was 
Think RPGs, man. Yes, yeah, all RPGs. Dragon Quest, all of them. Okay, so <laughs> you should have listened to Ty. Yamauchi yeah, was right. You're gonna kick yourself. Here we go. Number one, Mario World, like you said. Number two, Dragon Quest V. Number three, Final Fantasy V. Number four this makes me sad. Number four, you're gonna be embarrassed. Street Fighter Two. Fair enough. <laughs> number five, Final Fantasy Six. Number six, Final Fantasy IV. Pretty much exactly what I said. Yes. <laughs> number seven is Mario RPG. Yeah. Uh, number eight, super, uh, sorry, Kirby Superstar. Mm-hmm. Another Kirby game. Uh, number nine, Chrono Trigger. Uh, number ten, uh, hashtag Japan. Uh, Tactics Ogre. Let's let us cling together. <laughs> okay. So yeah. That is the most bonkers SNES list I have ever seen. So I guess we've got a tie here. So Danny and Sire are tied on three points each. Um, so I guess we have to have bonus stage. And I think for bonus stage, I think I should choose the console to make it fair. Yes. Um, so I'm going to choose maybe something a little bit out there, because don't want to make this too easy, right? Um, I'm going to go with, should we go with a Nintendo console? Seems a bit weird for this podcast. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Let's do it. Who's I'm going to ch- I'm going to choose Virtual Boy. <laughs> Why not? Okay, okay I'm going to choose Game Boy. I'm going to choose Game Boy. Okay. Original Game Boy. This is Brick Game Boy, Gray Game Boy. 
Tetris, okay. Super Mario Land, <laughs> Pokemon. Okay. So, um, let's see. Well, so you just gone. So, Danny, you you go first. Oh God, this is gonna be too easy. <laughs> I was okay. once like you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Pokemon. You're gonna have to give me a color, dude. Green. Pokemon Green, number one. Got Boom. Okay. Um, after that, so. Tetris. I was gonna go uh, one. I was gonna go oh. one each, like one each the, for this tiebreak. Yeah, I should have explained that. <laughs> so yeah, one. Okay, so you go. Um. Yeah, I'll go with Tetris, but I'm a bit worried about that. Yep. Uh, Tetris is number two. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay. 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 Back to Danny. Okay. This is gonna be really cheap. Pokemon Red. Pokemon Red, <laughs> Pokemon Red <laughs> is. Uh, well, I'm not going to give that to you. I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you go again, because it's red and green is one game. Okay, okay. Because it's like one okay. you know, one generation. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So, All right. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, God. Now this is like, my mind's playing tricks on me. I'm like, I, I don't know if I should... Huh. I, should I should also note, Pokemon Red and Green got like 10 times more votes than any other game on this list. Understandably. <laughs> right. Um, let's go with, okay, this is probably not on there. Let's just go with Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening is on there. It's number six. Mm. Awesome. Okay. Good job. So, two for two. And back to Cyrus. Kirby's Dreamland. Kirby's Dreamland is not on the list. Dang. Ooh. So Danny could take it away if he <laughs> doesn't screw it up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Danny, this is your third, third and final one. Mm -hmm. Oh shit! I was to say something. As, uh, that's, that's, that, <laughs> as in Danny, that's you. <laughs> yes, that's me. Um, yeah, let's let's just play it safe. Let's just go with Super Mario Land. Super Mario Land is on there. It's number nine. Yeah. Right. That's it. Sorry, Cyrus. You can you, it's game over, but you can you can have one more shot if you just just for fun. Uh, Killer Instinct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go. Number one, like you said, uh, Pokemon Red and Green. Number two was Tetris. Number three was Pokemon Gold and Silver. That's, uh, that's not brick gray Game Boy. That was like that's color. Oh yeah. yeah, I guess I guess this includes color as well. <laughs> Original, you know, square cartridges, not not rectangular cartridges. Uh, number three is Final Fantasy Legend. Uh, I was trying to figure like mean, what was the name of the Final Fantasies on the Game Boy. Number five was Final Fantasy Legend Two. <laughs> number six, like uh, you said, uh, Link's Awakening. Number seven, Dragon Warrior Monsters. Hey, that's oh, still yeah. going strong these days, isn't it? Isn't that now on yeah, three days? They did the remake of it on 3DS, and then they did a remake of number two, which I played and I hated. <laughs> Good job. Uh, number eight is Final Fantasy Adventure, um, mm -hmm. which I, I think, like, Guillaume is a big fan of that on RFN. I think that right. was, like, it's a rebranded of something, right? It's a Game Boy version of something. I can't remember. Right. Uh, number nine is Mario Land, like you said, and number ten, kind of a cop-out, Pokemon Yellow. <laughs> I don't know why they separated Yellow. Yeah, when you fed first generation, I ruled out Yellow as another... Pokemon game. Yeah, it's kind of weird the way they did that. But I guess, because it came later, I guess, maybe, I don't know. 
It's, it, it was a different game in a yes, way. Yes, it was. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Danny, you're the winner of this uh, Natsukashi quiz. Well, that's not something you could say every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a winner is you. It really brings yeah. me back to those other old long ago quizzes you won. Natsukashi, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do you remember when we were talking about Pokemon Go about an hour ago? Natsukashi. Uh, Natsukashi. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's your new word for today, listeners. Okay, Danny, back to you. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take another quick break and hit you guys back with some feedback. So stay tuned. All right, and we're back. If you want to hit us up with an email, comment, complaints, whatever, you can send us an email at famicast at nintendoworldreport.com or hit us up on our Twitter at the famicast, all one word. So Ooh. the first one, actually, I about read this out loud when it was just me and Ty towards the end of the show last time, but this is kind of directed towards me and James, hey, okay. as far as I know. Uh, hey. And this is from Shawata via email. I don't know if you already went over this in a previous episode, but can you tell us the stories about how you met your wives in Japan? Please and thank you. Uh, James, do you want to go first? I think we might have talked about this before, but we can do it Maybe. Again. I don't know. I don't think so. But yeah, I actually asked, I replied to him by email. I said, is this like, um, you know, how to pick up chicks kind of thing or like a, you know, background of the Famicast kind of thing? And he said, a bit of both. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't think we're really the guys to, you know, give lectures on how to pick up uh, chicks, but... Um... That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, yeah, I guess we can tell you about... <laughs> Danny just takes a swig of uh, vodka as he says that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, it's quite quite easy, really, my story. I mean, I, I worked uh, alongside my wife. She was uh, working for the same English school that uh, I was working at. And uh, yeah, we just kind of met there. She was she started working at the same time as me, and you know we just got chatting at lunchtime, and then you know things went from there. Not not a very complicated story, really. Mm -hmm. That was uh, I think that was like ten years ago now. Pretty crazy. Yeah, the play the it was actually Nova. I think I don't know if we've talked about Nova before, like the English school Mm. that well, didn't exist and now exists again in some capacity. How long it's storied <laughs> history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's funny because, like, the, the, the Nova school that we that we met at, like, no longer exists. It's like a bookstore book now. <laughs> it's kind oh, of funny. They didn't, like, destroy it and, okay, what's... Yeah, well, it's part, it was part of a shopping mall and they just kind of rearranged it into part, to put it back into part of the... The shopping mall, so it's, oh. it's like it never existed. It's kind of funny. That all sounds pretty Nazcashy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Cyrus, they they get it now. They understand the meaning. <laughs> um, so, Danny, how about you? Yeah. So for me, like, you know, the whole time I was doing the Famicast, I was always, you know, I was pretty much. I think I was single pretty much the whole time until obviously now. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd go out try to meet girls in a lot of different things, and it just sucked, man. It was just terrible. <laughs> but um, <laughs> one day I was just out with my friends, like we just went to the bar that I same guy that I talked to about the video games about, and um, 
it's just me and some friends there just drinking and, you know, just having fun and stuff. And there were some girls at the bar, too, and one of my friends just struck up a conversation with one of them. And then we all ended up going to karaoke and, you know, having fun there. And, you know, I got some digits and then, you know, started talking to my wife from there. And, um, yeah, that was back in 2014, so really not that long ago. Um, yeah, and then, you know, now we're married, we have a house, uh, I'm here for probably a very long time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think the the episode where we talked about your wedding um, mm-hmm. was called Falcon Tux, if people want to look back into, ah. you know, more in-depth stories about Danny's actual wedding. Right, right, right. Uh, my, my wedding happened before the Famicast existed, so <laughs> totally <laughs> I've never talked about it <laughs> way before. But yeah. So that, that's, your, that's your advice for picking up chicks. Uh, hang out at bars and uh, work with well, Japanese people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, man. I mean, I, I, I went to this bar for, you know, at that point, like four years, and I had never met anybody there. So I don't know if that's necessarily... <laughs> Maybe not the best thing. advice. No. Just get lucky, be in the right place at the right time. And that's not advice. That's just get go. fucking lucky, kid. You know? <laughs> but. Okay. So yeah, what about move, next? Yeah, moving on here. Uh, this is from the forums. And actually, because uh, Donald Terrio brought this up in the uh, feedback for the last Famicast, because wh- why did we bring up Warcraft, the movie? Uh, uh, making stuff for international markets? That's it, yeah. There you go. Yeah, oh, that's right. It was a, a news story. But um, yeah, I guess, you know, <laughs> Warcraft just it, it tore it up in China. And like 220 million in China compared to you know only 47 uh, in the United States, and then you know worldwide like 433 million. Um, that's pretty high up on the I think all-time list. You know, with a, yeah. Basically, 90 percent of its profits did not happen in the U.S. <laughs> that's basically yeah, that's, another way to put it. It's kind nuts. of mental. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of proves that you don't need to be popular in you know the states to be you know to get the monies you know. It's got to be popular somewhere. Which is probably the reason why there's that stupid uh, Chinese what what is it the Great Wall of China movie with like Matt Damon or something? Is yeah, it Matt Damon? The Great Wall. It's like oh. that is mental. Yeah, it's you know that movie Forty Seven Ronin. It's like all the Japanese magical yeah. history stuff, but starring Keanu Reeves for no reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yes. So this is the same thing. It's the Great Wall. It's like magical histor- historical version of the Great Wall, but with magic and dragons, but with Matt Damon. Uh, As a Chinese guy? No, uh, he's just Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> it's like World Police. He's Tom Cruise, The Last Samurai. Yeah, it's just you know the white knights, the like the the magical white guy that shows up and saves Japan. Kind of stuff. I think there's a very strange theme of white power going on in this episode. It's getting kind of terrifying. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I like the, the the Matt Damon meme about his posters. How it's just his face with writing on it. <laughs> Get it. Like he, he will save us out. all. <laughs> and also, I think that someone pointed out about that poster is that over time, Matt's. Matt Damon's head has gotten larger on every poster. (laughs) (laughs) Writing on my face. That's basically what it is, isn't it? He will save the world. So, yeah, I guess we're moving on to tweets now, right, Danny? Yeah, do you want to cover that, James? Um, So I guess we'll start off with some, like, tweets that are actually more like life in Japan or, like, you know, getting some kind of thinking going on here. 
some discussion topics. So the first one, I guess, is from Russ Greener. And uh, he asked, uh, what would NX do, what could NX do to reignite popularity in Miiverse? Any new features you'd like to see? So immediately out the gate, it would be um, opening in less than 30 seconds. <laughs> that's, that's how I would reignite popularity in Miiverse. It has to open as fast as Twitter, or there's no point. Yeah, it has right. to be immediately available from the, the home menu, like the, the, the dashboard menu. It shouldn't yeah. be its own program you have to open. It should just always be part of the dashboard. It should just be touch, mid-game. and then, yeah. Like, it, it should, like, overlay. It should be, like, touch, overlay, boom, there it is. Yeah. Exactly. It it's should, like, I don't... should be able to toggle between your game and Miiverse at any moment. Right. And I don't know, like, so much more fun. technical... <laughs> yeah, I don't know the technical logistics of working that out, but, yeah, exactly. That's something they need to do, because otherwise it's just a thing you use maybe once in a while... Or at the start of the system's life, and you're like, oh, that was neat, whatever. It's you ridiculous know? because, like, you know, in certain games like Splatoon, you can post things within the game, and it happens, mm-hmm. like, immediately. You can, like, write something, and then you send it, and it goes, and it, and then that's it. It's immediately posted to Miiverse. But if you accidentally press the Miiverse button on your gamepad, oh, then yeah, that'll take, like, two minutes to load. It's like, oh, get tea. It's fucking terrible. It's the same for Mario Maker. Like, you know, you can... You can do comments within Mario Maker, like, very, right. very quickly. But if you accidentally press, like, um, like when you're looking at the profile of one of your levels, there's, like, a Miiverse button, and if you press that, oh, fucking hell, it's like, okay, now I've got to go make a cup of tea before I can read the comments. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said this before, like, pro tip, I mean, if you've got a tablet or a smartphone, fucking use Miiverse on that. Do not use it on the Wii U. Like, right. you know, like, when I was, like, you know, heavily into Mario Maker, like, you know, doing levels, like, every week and stuff. Like, I was checking comments. I was, fuck was I using the Wii U? No way. I was using my, you know, iPad. So I had, like, you know, I had my gamepads, you know, doing my levels, but then if I wanted to see comments and, you know, do bookmarks and things like that, I would use my iPad. And it would Mm -hmm. be so much faster. It just, it's seconds compared to minutes. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. So if they can do that on the NX, and if the NX is this kind of, you know, you know, touchscreen, tablet-y, portable, home console thing. <laughs> uh, I really hope they do that. They need to do that, otherwise people yeah. are not going to use it. Yeah, because exactly. I like, in games like Splatoon, I really like the integration of the, the of Miiverse. Like, putting graffiti all around the levels and speed It's so cool, it ed- is so cool. It's really, really cool and really fun. But, yeah, like, I hate opening Miiverse. It's terrible. Like, it's like Twitter, but like when you open a new tweet, if you could draw in it as well as type in it, I mean, you, you can't do that in Twitter. Like, you know, you'd have to open Paint and then write something and then save it as a JPEG and then upload it. Like, right. you know, in in its concept, Miiverse is amazing. It's just the speed is that just makes it unusable. I think a, another. Oh, you, and you can't actually draw on Miiverse. Uh, in the you know the web version, you can't actually draw. You have to yeah, draw it has to be on the Wii U. 3DS or Wii U. Yeah, on the Wii U. Yeah. Oh shit, I forgot it's on 3DS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> barely, barely on 3DS. Exactly. Well, you know, another thing they they could try to do, and I, Ty, you're probably gonna start laughing as soon as I say this, and I, oh, yeah. I, I, I you know, they <laughs> could <laughs> obviously, you know, it, this is all about sharing. Put in some kind of video sharing service with that too. Or, I don't know, to find a way to hook it in with Twitch or something. Because, honestly, I don't know how confident I am with 
relying on Nintendo to make up their own video streaming service or something like that. You know, <laughs> right, yeah. for that, I, I, this doesn't seem like a good idea. They should just team up with something like Twitch or whatever to make that happen. But I, eh, maybe that's something that you should have available in Miiverse. So that way, it's it's a destination that people would want to go to. Like know? streaming to Twitch is a, a standard feature in consoles now. Right. Right. Yes. So of course Nintendo's not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I think they're pretty into streaming. I mean, like, I think they were the first uh, company to have, like, you know, all-day live streams of all their games. Um, and now pretty In much Japan? everyone's... No, 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 at, um, at E3. Oh, but that's that's probably more NOA yeah, that's planning than it is stuff. This NCL. is also the same company that, like... Uh, Tried to snag all the YouTube revenue for all their game footage. <laughs> Remember for Evo two years ago, they tried first to get all the Smash games banned from the tournament. Then failing that, they re- they refused to allow any of the Smash games to be streamed until... <laughs> so, and then uh, they went back on it when they realized it was such a bad idea. Yes, right? when everyone went, what? <laughs> right, so I don't <clears throat> expect anything other than like staggering incompetence. we can only hope it's not that so the next tweet which could lead into a discussion is uh, from Mike Casalina uh, hacker alias Kaz3319 on Twitter and he says I have a question Uh, what do you think the first Mario game should be like on the NX 2D, 3D, open world like Zelda lots of question marks gotta be 3D right I, I yes. think so. Galaxy 3? Come on. Yeah. If I mean, we look at the Wii U and how they started out with a 2D Mario, and I think, you know, a, a lot of people, while they will admit that it's a good game, it, that, you know, it functions I don't think well. So. It, <laughs> but it's just, there's so much that they could have done in terms of, like, power-ups, maybe uh, assets, <laughs> you know, and stuff for the game and whatnot. There's a lot more that they can do, but it was just more of the same old New Super Mario Brothers stuff, which I think Come people on. just got New, sick Sup- of. New Super Mario Brothers Wii U, that's a, what is it called? New Super Mario Brothers U, yeah. is, is right. by far the worst New Super Mario Brothers game. By far. And I, I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just saying that I, I, I think that was a, a bad idea to launch with that, maybe. It's, it was a Mario game to have, but, it, you know, on a system, but they could have done better. <laughs> Three, 3D one's the way to go. Let's not talk about that anymore. Yeah, it's got to be 3D. I mean, I don't know if it's Galaxy 3. I mean, it kind of like feels like they've done everything they can with Galaxy. Because, like, I mean, Galaxy 2 was like everything they couldn't cram into Galaxy 1. Right. Um, You know, but there was still some, like, a bit of padding, you know, near the end of that one. Um, And then, you know, since then they've gone 3D Land, 3D World. So, you know, I could see them doing another 3D World-esque game, maybe opening it up a little bit more. Than I'd like that. to see something completely new. I think yeah. that, I mean, well, with that, the new system, yeah. yeah, I mean, with the new system, kind of like make its own identity, you know what I mean? That'd be a, a good way to go. What what could they do? I don't know. They don't pay me money to do that stuff. So hopefully they're coming up with some really cool, interesting ideas of stuff that we haven't seen before. I but think you... they should give, like, the next Mario, like, an edgy new metal soundtrack and give Mario a gun, <laughs> and he should drive a motorcycle, and he mm-hmm. should be angry all the time. That's Wario. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. 
Um, but you know, one thing we've learned is that they do tend to cater the, the to the Japanese audience a lot. I mean, like, you know, Galaxy Two when it was released in Japan, it came with a DVD to explain what a 3D game was. Do you remember that? <laughs> That's what that DVD was. Okay. Um, you know, and then 3D Land and 3D World. You know, putting in the flagpoles is the thing that you know that they they obviously discovered that you know Japanese people prefer because it gives them something to go towards. You know, it's like they need a target to go towards, like, to feel like they've accomplished the level. When it's, like, completely open world, like, you know, uh, Galaxy or whatever, you know, maybe they feel that, you know, it's kind of aimless. And I know I've tried, I tried with my wife to, to make her play a 3D Mario game, and she, she just can't do it. <laughs> maybe she's just the stereotypical, you know, Japanese female who, you know, throws up when they play 3D games, but... Yeah, she couldn't get her head around it. Um, but you know, any she's fine with the new Super, the new Super Mario Brothers games. You know, she can kick some ass. But you know, 3D ones, pff, no way. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, because in the West we love the 3D Mario games, um, but they just don't sell very well in Japan. So it'd be just it'd be interesting to see how if they cater to us or them <laughs> in the, with the right. NX. I don't think it'll be open world like Zelda, because <laughs> they've got an open world. They got an open world Zelda game for launch. So, you know, right. we've we also actually we we didn't mention the the new rumors. You know, all the. I guess you can listen to RFN if you want to hear a big discussion on the the latest right. NX rumors. But like, um, yeah, the rumors that have come out since that episode came out was that there's going to be a Pokemon, a Mario, and a Zelda game at launch. We know what the Zelda well, game is. Within six months. Yeah, within six months, like right. launch window or whatever, right? So, <laughs> God. But yeah, they've been, term. they've been, yeah, fuck that time exactly. But yeah, they've been working on this 3D Mario game for so long now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty amazing, and I would assume almost finished when it, when it, uh, when we see it next. Well, when we sorry, not confirm that it's probably <laughs> almost finished. I don't know if it's amazing. <laughs> I hope yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so too. Oh, there's that team never does wrong in my eyes. Right. The Tokyo team. Okay, and the last uh, Twitter discussion topic we have, like I mentioned uh, earlier in the show when we were talking about Dragon Quest, uh, from Johnny Metz, uh, RFN alumni. Uh, he asked, with both Dragon Quest X and XI now confirmed for NX, will any of you try this series? Well, Danny, you've tried this series. <laughs> yeah, and like I said I mean, earlier, I'm, I'm really thinking about getting Dragon Quest Eight on 3DS, because this looks fun, and even if I don't even beat it, if I play it for a significant amount of time, I'm thirty minutes. <laughs> yes. Well, ten, yeah, ten is the online one that's never been out in the West, um, so I have no reason to believe that it would. This one will get released in the West either. So if if eleven is a eleven is a just regular old RPG, right? Right, and there's two versions. You know, there's the 3DS version. <laughs> oh, no, seriously. You know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, I remember like, that. And then, like, the PS4 version, you know, the high-end console version as well. Right. So. so, yeah, um, I would assume that the 11 is, you know, the one that would get uh, localized to English if they do localize them. Uh, I, I can't really see them bothering with Dragon Quest Ten now. It's like, no, why, would you, it's, why would you localize an old game? It's Yeah, it's so late now. And, I, just, I mean, for me personally, too, with that game, I... I tried it on 3DS last year or something when they had it available <laughs> for streaming free. Version, yeah. Streaming, it is just bizarre how they do it. 
and it's it's interesting that they that they're doing that with the technology and still making it work. But you know, the thing about it here, playing Dragon Quest Online, is you know you have to pay a monthly fee to do that, and that's just something I don't want to do on a console <laughs> game that you already spend like you know. I think when it first came out on 3DS, you had to pay like basically four thousand yen, forty bucks, and you also had to pay the for the privilege of playing on the goddamn servers. So. Well, do you remember yeah. um, back in the day, all of the Monster Hunter games you had to pay for online in Japan, but then when they right. localized them, they removed that. Yeah. Yeah, do you remember like Monster Credits or Hunter Credits or something you had to buy? It was mental, yeah. right? And then, yeah. So, let's, let's you know, if in the bizarro world, if Dragon Quest X does ever get localized, you know, could they even remove monetary element of that? I don't think they could, right? It's, it's an MMORPG, right? They probably could. Uh, I mean, <laughs> actually, no, good point. I mean, you look at, like, Final Why Fantasy. Why would they bother? Yeah, Final Fantasy, what, 11, then Final Fantasy 14. I mean, they still, yeah. people. there's a pretty decent-sized, a decent enough amount of people that paid money for that to keep the thing going for years and years and years. It's the same with Dragon Quest X here. I don't think they're, yeah, at this point, like you said, James, it's pointless to even, I think, go with this game to the West. It's just maybe yeah. not a good... Good fit. I mean, they would have done it by now. I mean, it's on Wii, right. Wii U, and 3DS, and it is on none of those platforms in the West. So right, so it's also on yeah. phones, Look, and PC. <laughs> so Johnny's question: If 11 does get localized, yeah, I could see myself giving that a shot on an NX. Um, it'd be cool, you know, like portable, you know, taking it on the go, taking it on the train, and then you know, uh, you know, slotting it in when I get home and playing it on TV at nighttime after the mm-hmm. kids have gone to bed. You know, I could see, see myself doing that. Um, uh, I like. I always like the look of Dragon Quest games. It's just you know the time sink that puts me off. I guess. Sure. Um, I've, Cyrus and Ty, have you played Dragon Quest games? I've played the theater rhythm Dragon Quest for a bit. <laughs> oh, but, I have that too. <laughs> but uh, no, the games just do not interest me. Maybe if they had arrived in Europe when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. They entirely skipped our continent, so I never even really. I never even That's found out about them really until like I was in high school and already playing Pokemon and discovering Japan. Was it the PS PS One version that was the first Dragon Quest game in Europe? Or PS One or PS Two? I was I was generations behind when I got Playstations. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's right. None of the original like one to six came out in Europe anyway. So hmm. Which is which is weird because you know America's like really into it you know with the Dragon Warrior they even like didn't they give it away free on like Nintendo Power Nintendo or something? Powers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, while, you, I, while I, you guys were getting it given away for free, we we didn't even know it existed. <laughs> right. You know, actually, when I was back in America, I, you know, whatever last last summer, I found a copy of Dragon Quest One for like a Dragon Warrior, Warrior, like 99 cents or something. So like, yeah, I'll <laughs> buy this. Why not? <laughs> so. Why yeah. not? I don't, I don't have a console to play it on. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you do. I don't. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, thank you for... Oh, I, uh, Ty, you have no comments on Dragon Quest whatsoever? Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I got <laughs> Dragon Quest with all the other Nintendo Power subscribers, and that's the extent of my experience with it, really. Okay. Except, Did you actually play that, that copy? Out one on the Wii. <laughs> what was that called? <laughs> the the oh. Mayhem one? Dragon Quest Legends or something? Or Dragon something. Quest Swords? 
Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, it was Swords. 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 I played that briefly. Wasn't there also like Soul Calibur Swords or something like that? Legends. That that was Legends, okay, yeah. Man, the Wii had such weird third-party games. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we've got some nice Twitter comments here. First one from Mr. Perry Burkham, a friend of the show, probably. Uh, he said, <laughs> "He said, I got. <laughs> this is kind of weird and nice at the same time. I got stung by a bumblebee while listening to the Famicast. Still my favorite <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I can relate so to you, Perry. During the recording of this podcast, a moth flew up my trousers. Okay. <laughs> That's all, and also another sentence I never thought I would hear. We need to include more bees with our podcasts." <laughs> um, next up, we got a couple of comments from two Nicks. Uh, I guess these are the Nicks that Danny talked about in the last episode. The the Race Against Time Nicks, Nicks uh, podcast, the Nick Cast, is it called? Yes. The, the Nicks, the Nicks Cast. Okay. Uh, they just uh, they wanted to you know give a shout out to the last episode. You know, have a listen to the latest family cast for the for video game insight and the Race Against Time shout out. Well, at least one of those is true. <laughs> yes. Um, next up we've got is from Lady Lindis. Uh, she's uh, tweeted at us before. Um, she said uh, she first heard about um, uh, Matt Walker's uh, 3DS happenings on the Famicast. So she said she would like to be updated on uh, the situation, like how Matt managed to finally get his games back. And uh, hopefully we'll get Matt on the show uh, for like... You know, maybe a mini segment or something, if he has mm-hmm. time. We'll see what we can do. He can give the full story on that. But yeah, uh, that's about it. So yeah, if you want to send us uh, comments or questions, like Danny said earlier, at the Famcast. Boom. That's it. And um, yeah, okay. Well, we'll go ahead and take another short break here, and then we're gonna go ahead and close out the show. Okay, so before we actually close out the show, I want to give another shout-out to the Race Against Time uh, 24-hour live charity stream. Like we said, our friend Nick Z. I'm sorry, Nick, I don't want to say your last name because I'm afraid I'm just going to mispronounce it horribly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Nick reached out to me again, and they have... Um, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Where, where, is, where is it? You can see it on Twitter. Zachary? I'm, I'm fluent in all languages. Here we go. Where is Zachary, it? Zachary. Here we go. Nick... Zakarevich. Zakarevich. There we go. Fluent in Russian. I am. Nick Z. <laughs> but, uh, well, at least so I yeah, know the word for, uh, was it blowjob? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Moving on. Uh, so, like, like I said, you know, last week, that this event's coming up on August, 3rd, August 13th, Saturday. And uh, they're going to be starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Jesus that's... Christ, that's like the day of this podcast going out. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, pretty it, much. I, this is going to be out before then. Okay, if you're listening to uh, this, <laughs> get on that. You know, go, 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 right now. Just it check, might be too late. And if, if it is, I'm sorry, something happened. Uh, but anyways, yeah, they're, again, they're going to be playing through Chrono Trigger. And uh, like I said, it's people from, I believe, the Knicks cast are going to be doing this. And the Twitch streamer, the GOAT VG. 
uh, are going to be playing through this. Um, I'll put the website up on our Twitter so you guys can find that out, and also in the side article. What, what game are they playing again? Chrono Trigger. Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, so... That is actually the next game I'm planning on playing. Cool, cool. And Metroid awesome. 2 Remake. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, well, uh, I think that's going to go ahead and do it for the show, so we're going to go ahead and just kind of give our Twitter handles and then just get the hell out of here. So if you want to follow me, you can follow me at DannyBiv, D-A-N-N-Y-B-I-V. Uh, James, how about you? Yeah, I just got my 600th follower. In your face, Ty. Nice. Ask yeah, I need three. other Twitter account with... Uh, I, don't, I don't care about 9, that one. I don't care about that one. It's not real. <laughs> Fake. Sure. Uh, my real Twitter account is uh, family complicated. 600 mm-hmm. people. Can't be wrong. Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> right. Ty, how about you, man? Uh, I'm super cat drugs. Uh... Every few months, I retweet James Chen saying, suck my nuts, asshole. <laughs> uh, nice. Send nudes. <laughs> and uh, Cyrus? You can follow me at Celsi and keep up to date on all the various coming ups and downs from my food poisoning. Okay. Any nude shots? Oh, uh, well, it depends if you're into food poisoning, how, how much okay. you want to ask that question. Okay, cool. I'm I'm down. Uh, we'll talk after the show. So that's gonna go. Ahead, <laughs> that's gonna go ahead and do it for Famicast eighty five. As always, guys, thanks for joining me, and we'll catch you next time. Peace, peace, peace. special Life in Japan segment. Um, obviously, I'm Danny, but I'm joined by Josh, who has been with us multiple times for Life in Japan stuff. Josh, what's up, man? Hi. Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I'm, I'm just chilling. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, we're going to talk about music and kind of concerts and stuff like that here in Japan. I know Josh has been to tons of concerts here in Japan and you know, also back in the States, but you know, I kind of wanted to focus more on stuff here. Mm-hmm. Maybe things like, well, first of all, like Round about how many shows do you think you've been to in Japan? And like in, in Japan over the years, probably about a dozen or more. Okay. And I'd say the the major draw is that bands that you know are popular in America may not have the same level of popularity here in Japan. So if you see a band who consistently tours in America and they play like a big venue, we're talking like five to 10,000 seat venue. Hmm. If they're not quite as well known, they might have a draw here, but they might play at a place that only fits like 500 to a thousand people. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's the real advantage is to be able to see your favorite band in a really small, intimate venue. Yeah. Obviously they get a hell of a lot closer and just, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, a perfect example would be tool. And I really love tool They've been around for over 20 years. They, they're a progressive metal band that you may or may not 
I, I know who Tool is. <laughs> yeah, and again, they probably <clears throat> consistently play, I'd say, 10,000-seat venues in the States, and they don't tour very often, so, you know, you have to take your chance uh, to see them when they come in town. Mm-hmm. And, God, when was that? Not exactly, not quite 10 years ago, but they were doing a, a round of touring for their their new album, and they came to Tokyo, and they just played two nights in this really small venue in uh, Odaiba, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And, and they even said in, in an interview, like, that's why we do it. This is exciting for us to have a chance to play small venues, because they can't do it in the States, because it's just not fair. I mean, bands sometimes do that, like a secret gig or whatever, but it's, it's, it's easier for them to do that here. So that was really fun. How, how do the prices compare? Like if you were if you were going to go see them at a big, like you know, whatever in America, ten thousand people plus or something, compared to one of these smaller venues in Japan, how, how does the price for that like differ? Well, I'm not I'm not sure because I haven't been to one of those big shows in America in so long, but I kind of remember. Geez, the last time I went, I mean, I remember them being under a hundred dollars, but you know, ticket prices across the board have been creeping up because. That's how a lot of bands make all their revenue now because people just pirate the music. Right. So I really can't say for speak for America, but I think that they do, you know, they have been getting more and more expensive. But you'd probably be paying about the same or more to see them here because people are just willing to pay more money to, to see a concert. I'll give you another example. I saw Axl Rose's Guns N' Roses project. In 2009, mm-hmm. they played at Tokyo Dome, which is a huge venue here in Japan. Right. We've talked about it last summer, I think, or maybe two summers ago, about the baseball. Oh, okay. Right. And I went to that, and it was uh, 12,000 yen, so you know, roughly $120, mm-hmm. which is actually not that bad. And then they played, a few years later, they came back and they played this very small venue, probably fits about... 1,500 people at the most, and that was 17000 That was $170. Damn. <laughs> but it was worth every penny because you get to see them really close. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, I know you've seen some, like, foreign bands or, you know, American bands or whatever here. Mm-hmm. Are there any Japanese groups that you were into or are into now that you went to see? Well, I saw The Pillows several years back, and that was a lot of fun. The Pillows are... Japanese rock band that had been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they put on a great show and it was a lot of fun, but the problem with them is they make it almost impossible to get tickets to their shows. Oh, okay. You know, to be in a fan club and you have the fan club pre-sell and they sell out instantly and then uh, then when the general sale goes on sale, there's no tickets left. So I was so frustrated trying to get tickets by them that I said, screw you pillows. I'm not giving you any more of my money. Mm-hmm. And I will continue to pirate all of your music because you guys are dicks. <laughs> and I'll go see them for free, but I refuse to pay them money because they made it very clear to me that they don't want my money. Right. And that, that's a thing. Like, you know, we've talked about different, like, ver- various Nintendo concerts and stuff like that. And a lot of times, I mean, for stuff like this, because they want it to be fair, they do some kind of stupid bullshit lottery system mm-hmm. just to give everybody a chance. But, I mean,. Uh, I get it, and in, in some ways, maybe that's. I, I understand the concept, but I, if if you're gonna do that, maybe have well, enough tickets or something. I for, mean, it used to be. What's what's unfair about saying okay, 
Tickets go on sale Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. Go buy them. You know, what's unfair about that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. But um, the other Japanese band that I saw recently was Deer in Grey, mm-hmm. kind of metal band. And uh, my friend got tickets, but I think it was another similar thing. You had to you had to win the lottery and get the tickets. And that show, uh, that was unique because it really showed how the audience is different in Japan. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a this is a loud heavy metal band and you know, general admission, so everybody's crammed in this this very small venue and moshing and but it's not it wasn't nearly as violent as, you know, like when you get a bunch of drunk football players. <laughs> uh, you know. Right. That that's that's my image of like I, I've only been to like a few shows in America and it was usually at like state fairs or something. So mm-hmm. that's that's different than like an honest to God regular show. Kind of. But, I mean, my image is, like, especially if it's something, like, harder or something, that people in America or wherever are going to be around, going around throwing punches, people getting in fights just yeah. because they're drunk and don't care. Well, that was the problem when I saw Tool. Like I mentioned before, I saw Tool. And there were a lot of um, American military guys in the audience. Oh. Being really loud, shoving people. And because it was such a small venue and the Japanese fans were being so quiet, the singer, Maynard, said, please shut up. Please be quiet. I mean, he was talking directly to these, you know, dumbass, drunk, you know, military guys. So that was that was bad. But with Deer and Gray, the the fan base kind of dictates how you're supposed to act. Hmm. It's it's very much like uh, a Japanese group think thinking that we've seen in so many other aspects <laughs> of Japanese life. So right. it was a fast song. Everyone's kind of pumping their fists and kind of jumping. And then if it's like a slow song, everybody. Gets super quiet, and they're just paying rapt attention to the singer. And I mean, you can hear a pin drop. It is, it, you know, no, nobody's calling out "Play Freebird." You know, it's <laughs> it's you know utterly respectful. I pulled out my phone and tried to take a picture, and this this girl tapped me on the shoulder and said, "No," and I said, "Oh, give me a break." <laughs> you know, give me, shut up. So, <laughs> so you didn't see a sea of iPhones. Streaming the whole thing, the Periscope, like you would in America, because they're still respectful of the artist. Mm-hmm. And that's really unique to Japan. I mean, if you go to a concert, you go to a concert in America, all you're going to see is a, a sea of iPhones, people holding up their phones. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, that just shows my age, but I can't imagine spending all that money and you've seen a band you want to see, why the hell would you want to look look at it through your phone? Right, exactly. And when, you know... I. I talked to you about this before, Josh, and I talked about it earlier on the show. But, you know, I went to the Dragon Quest, like, event mm-hmm. and stuff. They they had very strict rules about, you know, taking pictures and, you know, filming stuff. And, you know, obviously you got people that, that did it anyways. You can find the whole performance on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for the most part, people were pretty respectful. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, not really many people did it. They, they probably could have advertised it a little bit better. It's like, hey, but is this some woman hey turn your phone off you know yeah well i think especially with with deer and gray their fan base you know they're so hardcore and not just not just deer and gray but uh japanese people are obsessive Hmm. and when they're obsessed with a band and they join that fan club and they go see the shows as much as they can they buy all the cds and stuff they feel like you know that band is like part of them and they're very protective and stuff so of course they're going to follow the rules because that's that's just the Japanese way of thinking as opposed to ours. Right. And, 
Uh, and that's another thing. The band will, you know, they'll release several live DVDs and people will buy the actual physical DVDs. People still buy CDs and box sets and things here. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, you're right. Like, I just thinking about that, like, you know, Exile. It's like a big oh, yeah. group now. Kind of similar to AKB48 in terms of members because mm-hmm. they have, quote, unquote, a lot of tribes mm-hmm. of this group. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, they have live Blu-rays, DVDs that are going on sale, usually top of the charts on Amazon. Yeah. And they're ridiculously expensive, but, I mean, yeah. the, the fans are super into this stuff, so. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about with music, is that, you know, Japan is still, still I would say, like, in, the, in that 90s mindset of buying CDs, mm-hmm. buying box sets, buying limited edition stuff. And, I mean, you've been to Book Off, or the used bookstores right and you see these um these box sets and they're huge they're they just take and video games too yeah right and i always look at this stuff and say where are people putting these these things you know japanese apartments are so small they get this giant you know one foot by three foot box <laughs> and it's, it's got like maybe a book and a, a cd inside but that you know people still like to collect that that physical media which i think is is really interesting i don't know of anywhere else that physical media is still bought and sold other than Japan. Yeah. I mean, things are kind of turning around a little bit, you know, obviously you have, you know, Google store and iTunes and stuff like that. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you can buy. The stuff's, you know, compared to like, let's say you want to buy one track on iTunes in Japan. Mm -hmm. It's like 250 yen, like about $2 50 cents or something Mm -hmm. for like a regular popular song you want. Whereas in, you know, America, it's like a buck 30 or something. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of annoying, and just in terms of, like, digital content as well, I mean, they don't even have, like, TV shows on iTunes in Japan. They just have movies and music, and that's it. But, yeah, I don't know. People really like their physical media. <laughs> they do. They do. And I like it, too, because I can find stuff. I can sometimes find stuff at Book Off or used bookstores or record stores that I would only be able to find on eBay in America, which is pretty cool. I found some really cool stuff in the past. But even here, uh, Yahoo Auctions is kind of their equivalent of eBay. You can sell things as a, as a seller on Amazon. So it's getting more and more rare to find that really cool old used stuff at a store because people here are also wise to the fact that they can just throw it up on uh, Amazon or Yahoo. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, geez. I'm just thinking like over the past five years with game stuff and i kind of touched on this a little bit earlier in the episode but i mean the stuff's it's going up in price it's getting harder to find it like at brick and mortar stores Mm -hmm. you almost sometimes have to exclusively look online like yahoo auctions or amazon sellers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. so yeah i still have my my glory days there's there's things (laughs) i'm still so proud that i found i was at a book off in in funabashi in like 2005 and i found uh Two Beck bootlegs and a Guns N' Roses bootleg, and these are the the original Silver Press CDs that, when I was in high school, we used to have to pay like thirty or fifty bucks for these. Jeez. And I found them, and they're they're really actually, I mean, they're they're not official releases, but they're still really rare and sought after. I got them all for you know like five ten bucks each, hmm. so that wow. was that was my biggest find. Cool, cool. And I got Transformers the movie soundtrack. <laughs> I mean the 1986 one, not the the crappy Michael Bay movies. I got, I got that on vinyl at a disc union for like five bucks or less. Hmm. That's cool. But I actually still have it. I still have the one from my childhood though on vinyl. Oh, nice. So it doesn't play real well because I used to I used to go. Wicker, wicker, wicker. I used to scratch the record. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. 
We're all young and dumb once. <laughs> well, some of us are still dumb. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, Josh, I guess that pretty much does it. Do you have any, like, closing thoughts and just Well, I've said this for years, and, again, this might just be for me because I'm six feet tall and I'm really heavy. <laughs> but uh, Japanese concerts have ruined me for American concerts because if it's a general admission show... I can pretty much push my way to the front <laughs> every time because I'm bigger than almost everybody. Mm-hmm. So unless unless there's a bunch of rowdy uh, military guys in the crowd, yes. but it's it, yeah the the way the audience is so polite, uh, you'll still uh, occasionally have crowd surfers that land on your head that pisses mm-hmm. me off. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it just ruined me because I can't imagine going back to an American show with drunken idiots screaming stuff and. Phones waving in your face, so right. so I think I'll stay here and hope all my favorite bands come back through a few more times. Uh, yeah, Guns N' Roses is, has reunited finally. Slash and Axel are together, but they have not announced any Japan dates. But if they do come to Japan, they'll play at Tokyo Dome or somewhere huge. So even though it'll be really big, I'll still have to go just because I have to see them. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. cool. All right, well, I think that's going to do it. Josh, thanks for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Hope to have you on some other time. Yeah, I've got all kinds of other stuff to talk about. Sure, yeah. We'll definitely have to have you come back on. So, uh, yeah, leave some comments down below in the talkback, Twitter, whatever. You guys know where to do that at. So, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll see you guys later. What's the Twitter? (laughs) Bye. Slick at all times when I'm flipping, bar sipping, car dipping, Grant Wood, Grant gripping, still tipping on still tipping on four rolls, four rolls, four rolls, four holes, and no hackers, and no packers, four blowing on that endo, GameCube, Nintendo, five percent tent, so you can't see up in my window. All right, it's live. But if I start talking now, then you would have to cut. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, I won't do that then. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. The Thank last you. thing I want to do is interrupt you, Danny, okay? Okay. Got it. Got it. So go ahead. <laughs> Hello. Start, start the show, Danny. Come on. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Famicast 85.